Hi, everyone, and welcome to Material Possessions, the newest podcast from a crew of people that did not get removed from the Game Awards jury because they were never on it in the first place. Uh, joining me today is one, Miriam Strom. Hello. Hello. Is that true? I thought we were on. Weren't we not? We were. We did vote on stuff. No, we, as the, the Material Possessions group, were not. Oh. Any place we worked before that used God, to be, yeah, yeah. it has been right. since removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Any, yeah. any yeah, yeah. unaffiliated brands from right. the Material sure. Possessions copyright right. trademark. Yeah, right. Sure, as sure, individuals, we have voted in the Game Awards. Right. Yeah, yes. right. Okay. In the past. Right. In the past, just, yes. Just, we, we don't have the ignoble, uh, ignomious... Uh, honor of having also been removed from the Game Awards. Correct. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Hi, Nir. How's it going? Hi. It's going great. Uh, I've missed talking to all of you. I've missed talking in general on these things. I love. I love doing the podcast. So it's nice to be back. It's been a month since we because like last time we were supposed to record was Thanksgiving. Right. And no episode. Thanksgiving slash. I just got back to Japan and I was like. Very much wildly underestimating how tired I was going to be. I, uh, I think people will forgive us for missing one episode during like one of the biggest U.S. holidays of the year. <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah, I, th- I mean, if they're not, they can always pull their Patreon subscriptions, but That's no one's really doing, which is great. That's we're, great. We're still we're still chugging along. So yeah, thus far, I think everyone's fine with how Hell things yeah. are going. Yeah, everything yeah. Every, good, everything's good. Everything's fine. Uh, it, it's always a good sign for any like project when on a like podcast about that project, you talk about how good and fine everything is going. <laughs> I love that for us. I'll tell you who's good at project manager here is one John Warren. Hello. Oh, hell yeah. Hi. That was a good segue. Uh, and if you want to hire me for project management, I'm still on the market. Thank you. Anyway, hi. I'm going to talk <laughs> about... Um, the job hunt is going great. It's fine. It's going super good. It's You know what? Some would say it's the best time ever to be looking for a job in tech and games. It's right. not like I'm competing with 30,000 people uh, been laid off from Amazon, Twitter, and Meta. Uh, or that it's in the holiday season. Anyway, I haven't talked about games in a serious way with people in an, a little while, and I'm excited to do that today. Yeah, your other podcast, if you're driving, close your eyes. Not it's very games focused. Do. No, yeah. not really games focused. Yeah, when we talk about games on there, it's usually like, um, like yeah, how much we want to kill Dracula in real life, even if he shows up in other video games. Like that's about it. You know, it's yeah, like it's we don't really talk about games, so. It's kind of weird how there's very few like horror-based Dracula games. Yeah, like kinda. there's vampire games that are horror-based, right. but like no one's taken the idea of oh, what if Dracula was in this and was Dracula. actually like put a horror game to it? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Scary. I don't want to fucking dare anyone, but I mean, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a take on Bram Stoker's Dracula in the games space over the past yeah. decade. Like that's weird. Where are those people who make all those like Winnie the Pooh horror movies and are just like, oh, why aren't yeah. they making games out of public domain things? Right. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, and, because you will be sued by Disney or whatever that says, well, actually, Dracula, the, this version of Dracula, we own this because that shows up in a Marvel comic and that originates in there. Yeah. And God, it'd be uh, funny if Disney claimed ownership of Dracula. That'd be so funny. Dracula like the, shows up in Marvel stuff. So, yeah, that's true. Like He's how the whole snap. <laughs> he is. Uh, the Holmes estate sues if Sherlock Holmes makes a joke. Yes. Because that is oh a specific God. Sherlock Holmes that tries to be funny. That is like the, the one Sherlock Holmes sto- story that is still like not in the public domain yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
And with our own Sherlock Holmes here is one Andrea. Why have I forgotten your last name? This is, it's been entirely too long, and I woke <laughs> I woke up at five thirty this morning. No, you're good. Uh, I was about to say too. Have you guys played Code Realize? It's an Otome game. Maybe not. I don't know. Do you like? I know oh. what it is because of okay. the name. Uh, so th- in that they had uh Herlock Sholmes. Is that is that how you? I think Herlock Sholmes. Like, the reverse. The, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. No. That that's what that immediately reminded me of. Which is um, also what they use in Grace, Greatest Journey is Herlock right. Sholmes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Who is fantastic yep. and would have gotten sued if they had gone with Sherlock Holmes in America <laughs> because but he is a so, Holmes that makes jokes. You can jokes. date him though in in that game. So definitely recommend Ooh. if you want to date. Good. You don't date him in Greatest Attorney, but you do <laughs> dance with him like several okay. times. You yo, right? Yeah, the main character kind of like just does this little dance that he gets like way into every time. Like at first he's like, "Why are you doing this? Don't do this!" And then suddenly it starts happening, and your character is just like moving around with him in sync and stuff like that. Your yeah. characters are like, "You're enjoying this, aren't you?" And he's like, "What? No, no." Well, and then also him. you start living with him in his house with his daughter and are basically his husband anyway yes that's a pretty great much. game that, that is a, it is a great game people should play Grace attorney when it's on sale which is constantly it's a good steam deck game as yeah. i as i am insisting now uh <laughs> in theory if this everything went right this podcast should no longer be hosted on patreon uh which is not a huge issue originally but not being hosted on Patreon means I could have should have gotten for an RSS feed, which should be live with this one. Uh, if it didn't, if it's not, then something I did did not work out, and we are crawling at the speed of a confused toddler toward uh, getting this stuff onto Apple Podcast and podcatcher and all that jazz it, this podcast being widely available is like watching a tonberry st- start walking toward you <laughs> yes. with a knife across the room will he get there i don't know what happens when he does not nothing good you, but... you made the point on twitter john and it's true it's much easier to do this stuff when it is your job oh, as opposed oh, to <laughs> when oh, you were doing another job slash this thing as well yeah no it's it's like it it is really hard um so yeah it's it, it will we'll, you know what we'll get it up but yeah i think what will first. happen is if it does not happen this week i'm just gonna like hand the keys to john and be like all right yeah i mean <laughs> do, I, do what I, you need I, to do the, the offer's there and you know what <laughs> time might be running out on how long i don't have a job who am i kidding you I, I have another two months i hope this oh. still remains my problem so you get a job soon john. okay that'd be good yeah uh speaking of jobs let's talk about the our job of playing video games for this podcast mm. a thing that definitely we all focus on and don't just think about right before we start <laughs> recording this thing <laughs> uh i'll start because we've not recorded in a month which means that in that time a new pokemon game has come out yeah a pokemon game that i was very much planning to skip i got the opportunity instead to just you know play it uh how, how have you guys played this game out of curiosity like do do you have opinions before i launch into mine i i mean my my opinions are that this team does not get enough time to make games that work on the platform that these games come out on um yeah. Which is not uh, that's not controversial. I think that's like pretty clear at this point. Um, I I was tempted, as I am literally every year, to get a Pokemon game and to jump deep into it. Uh, in fact, I, I would almost argue I've had them exhibit the most willpower because people keep saying 
that mechanically and otherwise, this is actually one of the more interesting Pokemon games uh, in recent memory. But I've not made the leap. I've got Arceus and I was like, OK, I'm going to play Arceus and it's great. And I dropped it in like a day. So I haven't jumped on. All the glitches are hilarious. The discourse is exhausting. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. Near Andrea, do you have thoughts first? That's what I did with the the last one too. I mean, I, I picked out what is it? Uh, was RCS the last one? I think it yes. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That game was, was ten months ago. Yeah. yeah. Just I don't know. Nuts. I played it a little bit and watched my partner play it some, and I don't know. I just have no desire at this point to to kind of grind through the chug for what it is. Whenever I can right. just kind of go back to the older ones. Um, and it it is no knock, like you said, John. I think it's a team that probably deserves more time than they're getting to make these things. But yeah, I don't know. I can't be lured back in whenever it kind of looks like the state it's in, whenever I feel like I've kind of already had the experience before enough in a better way. Yeah, it's uh these are accurate statements to <laughs> the state of that game because <laughs> wow, it is it is, I think, simultaneously the most ambitious Pokemon has ever been, which, to be clear, in a vacuum is impressive in a not vacuum in the context of like, right, two other, decades, other games? yeah, right. two decades of open world games, including like Ubisoft's kind of rote template based open world games. Like, right. it's not that interesting in terms of like the improvements they have made, the, as fundamental as they are. Uh, is they are incredible improvements though to the formula, but they are so let down by what I think is one of the worst performing games I've seen on a Switch, period, or in like high profile gaming recently. Right. Yeah. Like, it, go ahead, Nir. No, I, I've not played the game. I, I have it in my possession, but I've not I've not downloaded it at all. But like I've seen the I have both seen the videos of like the very obvious stuff that people have pointed out, like the the things along the lines of like just kids kicking their legs in a classroom and it running at like single digit frames. And also yeah. just like it's like stop the, motion. It's stop motion. It's yeah. Wild. Yeah. And then also on top of that, it sounds like it's just buggy as all get out, like in terms of like just large swaths of the game not working like uh, the one of the things i heard people talking about was like there's those cooperative like end of like end game missions where you can go on those kind of like pokemon go inspired raids which have been a terror thing raids. in the yeah. terror raids yeah which are, are like basically a version of things that have been in here since like sword and shield i think um but it's there's just like bugs where like the game will just skip somebody's turn or show you the wrong health bar or things like that during those raids and it's like yeah whoa so, like those specifically are like i don't understand like if you made a multiplayer call of duty or you made a call of duty with a fantastic uh single play experience but the multiplayer was you load into a lobby and you get shot in the head five times and the match is over like mm -hmm. and you can't move like people would be like no this game is broken like four out of five or four out of ten right. or whatever mm -hmm. but like in this you get into multiplayer and it does like you said the glitches you all described are things i have seen of it just like they remove all the uh, they heard the complaints about battles are too slow you keep hearing all these like information like information you don't need but moves take forever and they're like okay let's fix that but they fix it in a place where they don't actually have netcode surrounding it to make it like better so you you will like 
the menu will pop up for you to choose your move and then just pop away because you ran out of time in like three seconds. Or sometimes it won't tell you what an enemy is doing. Like it'll say, sometimes it'll say, hey, this enemy is going to do this move. This enemy is charging up for this. This enemy is uh, just clearing all their status effects or whatever. But instead the text will just say like Gyarados. And that's it. It'll just <laughs> say Gyarados. And like... <laughs> <laughs> what was I supposed to see here? What just happened? And then you don't know how to prepare your next move. Not that you have time for the next move. So like mm-hmm. you will just lose multiplayer fights that are when you get to up to the like five, six, seven star ones are incredibly difficult and need like a very coordinated team to do for no reason. And that's like some of the more optional shitty shit in this game. Mm-hmm. I, I can fully believe there are people who for whom the performance and the bad like loading and all that jazz just don't matter like they just they're happy just having fun bopping around in their little pokemon journey but i don't see how that's how anyone lets that go how anyone could just be like yeah it's i don't mind performance i don't mind slow down frame rate doesn't bother me do you also go i don't mind when my battles don't work right yeah that that's a huge deal I mean, there's something more fundamental here than just like, like, oh, it's fine because it's a turn based game because the performance stuff doesn't like interfere with the gameplay stuff. No, there's like fundamental problems with the gameplay that that just sometimes doesn't work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like there's like there are parts of the game where you can tell that they like did a good spit polish on some stuff like there are Pokemon who interact in such a way that like Garchomp is always just flying around. He's aggressive as shit. He's going to like come dive bomb you and start a battle mm. that like that's it's interesting because that's how garchomp would act based on his like pokedex entries and the way it looks and all that or you see some pokemon that would be natural predators of other pokemon attack those pokemon in the wild so somebody clearly went and said okay these pokemon should have natures like nature like animals in, in nature would have and they should interact that way but like the vast 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 majority of them are just I don't know, this Rookadee is just, like, standing here, and it's very tiny. Like, that's it. Or, which, I, again, some animals do that, but that's not designed, and thus not terribly interesting. Right. Or, it's one evolved Pokemon, like, let's say, Azumarill, with, like, six minerals around it, like it's holding court, and that's just it. That They're just standing there, and they're that's what you do for Pokemon when you don't really want to think about what their nature is and what the, how they would interact with others. Okay, just kind of, I, that rule, uh, honestly, that's the most interesting thing, thing you've said to me about this, that, like, <laughs> there's just sometimes the Pokemon are just out there having their own little fucking, like, society pretending to be people. Like, all right, actually, like, that, like writing those... I'm sure that's not, like, probably what they, the designers actually intend, or maybe it is, but it's just, like... That part actually sounds to me kind of cool, like this weird little emergent storytelling moment. I mean, yeah, you could walk up to them and be like, oh, yeah, they're talking about deforestation in this area that has no trees. Like, maybe. Or they could just be like, I don't know. We didn't know where to put Merrill's. Here's a bunch of Merrill's. <laughs> so they just stand around like some guy. That's, yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, but also, I think that's- go ahead. I think I was going to say, like, coming from, I know it's a different game. It's like a rail shooter type situation with, like, Pokemon Snap. But seeing how pretty some of those areas are and, like, where they Mm -hmm. live. And then I kind of look at, like, Scarlet and Violet. And, I don't know, the world is is kind of uninspired looking i don't i don't want to take too much of a dig at the art style because i mean it's right. it's kind I mean, of the way it always has but it, in this kind of like big 3d world uh it kind of 
suffers in the way that I felt like Rune Factory 5 did that I just played this year too. It's it's kind of big, open, and boring, and everything looks the same. Um, yeah. I don't think the Pokemon interactions really, or, the, or a lack of those Pokemon interactions does anything for that. I think, it's, it's again, the thing I was talking about at the start of, if you compare this just to Pokemon games, they've done a great job of improving things. But if you start going, I, I, I've been playing a little bit of Breath of the Wild recently because I'm trying to go through the Master Trials before Tears of the Kingdom yeah. comes up. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild just shits on this game in nearly every way. And it's like, that's a five-year-old game that was also on Wii U. Graphically, it doesn't make sense that it's so much worse, or that Pokemon is so much worse than Breath of the Wild. But like, you all start looking at like Xenoblade, uh, any other, like, what was that... Uh, Gods and Monsters. What was the actual name that came out as? Phoenix Rising? Rising. Yes, Phoenix Rising. That looks way better than this. That was also on Switch. Like, open world games from 10 years ago, I think, like, the uh, original Assassin's Creed, plus every Assassin's Creed since then, has more interesting open worlds than this game does. Not even just graphically, not even just technologically. These games just feel more immersive because there's just stuff and things going on meanwhile you walk into a town in pokemon and like there's npcs they are flickering like ghosts they are (laughs) low frame rate until you're like three feet from them but the most annoying thing to me is they are just walking in weird circles around the town and talking to themselves and they're talking to themselves in a way that's like the thought bubble or speech bubble just says like pokemon dot 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 or Mm. i could use a hat dot 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 and it's like <laughs> right there's, there, there's kind of oh no there's there's no like aspirational quality to these games like there's yeah. no like there's no time to be we're there there's no time i i, I was about to make that exact point here i think you're right like the it is clear that the the products that this team makes are the result of teams that are too small and working too fast too hard um to me like it's very clear there's all that stuff with the flickering and blah 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 that's all stuff that they they have been aware of forever that's not something that came up two weeks before you know the game shipped like but they're they're deciding actively that fixing that stuff just isn't important and when you look at sales it's not so here's the fascinating thing john uh i have talked to several people who have done previews for this game right in those preview builds it did not run this badly well, as well as in previous trailers, like there's a part where like you're guiding Sunflora like through a thing to get to a thing, whatever, and like they run it like 12 frames per second. They right. didn't in the previous trailers. Well, sure, so, like, but but they're but they're tailoring a build in order to work better. Like right. that's not like I, that. That's that's nothing new. The game's been I, doing that forever. I bet at some point they discovered a memory leak and were like, we can't delay this. Right. This game just has to come out. Right. And like just to compensate for that memory leak, just ratcheted the, everything down like halfway. But, because but the, but there's it, no it way comes, this... Like, this it comes down to how are they building the game then? Are they building the game in um, distinct, completely isolated vertical slices and then stitching them together and then going, ah, oh, fuck, they don't work. Like that, I, I think they like, are. I mean, that's a weird... That, that would be a weird thing to be happening and like holy shit like that's a big story if that's how they're constructing these games here's, here's the I, thing we, we were yeah. talking about co-op earlier right Th- they made co-op a pretty big part of the marketing for this game like it was yes, in like the did. first trailer it was like yeah. you can explore the entire world with your friends yep there is nothing to do in co-op right you can't there's no four people are four 
Pokemon battles, like in the story. If your friend's already in a battle, you can't join them. You can't like you can't even see them battle. You see them uh, like standing across from the trainer, and that's yeah. it. There's no Pokemon between them. You can't just get in the way and just stand there. Like you can't yeah. like literally stand in their battle and that's it. Like the only thing that like you can do in co-op is make sandwiches with your friends. Uh, and uh, so like it does make me think the the team that was in charge of sandwiches is like, yeah, we did our part. We did our co-op thing. Are you guys not done? Did you not finish the thing you needed to do? Right. And I don't think they did. I think they, they assembled this game in weird parts and intended to stitch them together and just mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. And it's like it's such a crime because like I, I have not really enjoyed a Pokemon game since black and white. Mm-hmm. I feel like this would have been the one if it were not this this terrible like failure of a launch right hmm. yeah it's uh it's it's a shame i an anecdote i guess is that when i was i was in japan launch weekend i my airbnb was next to a pokemon center and there's also a pokemon center in uh shibuya so i went to both of those launch weekend it was bedlam it was right people were like coming in like grabbing four or five plushies off a shelf and throwing them into a bag. Then workers who were like in their blue shirts and orange ties were like rushing the like more plushies from the back and putting them on a shelf and they were being removed again. I had to wait in line to grab a Foy Coco plushie for my partner. Like it was, I, I don't know how much they made that day. I would be shocked if in the time I was there, they didn't make a million dollars worth of like merchandise sales. Sure. Because of just how many people were in there and just constantly buying things. It was like a half an hour wait to just check out. Like, it was honestly absurd. And it's like, it is the best lesson or the best reason for why they keep rushing these games. Because if they, let's say my hypothetical number is true and they made a million dollars that day. Like, that's a million dollars they wouldn't have made if they delayed it a day. If they delayed it. Six that months, make, it would have been much more. Can I make a weird suggestion mm-hmm. to 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 the panel here and also to the Pokemon team? You can you can delay the game six months. Do you know why? <laughs> because those those designs that you're spending that you're selling out of, you can introduce that line of new designs of Pokemon and sell them as merchandise before the game comes out. Oh, absolutely. That, com- yeah. that comes down to marketing. That comes down to a coordinated campaign. You can have that stuff come out before you'd have a big surge in the holiday season or whatever of people getting excited for that next generation because if you're doing the thing where you've got a bigger gap between releases, it does and can create this sense of anticipation and excitement. Are you going to be cramming the same amount of profit in your pockets every single year? Maybe not, but I swear to God, it's going to be comparable. And if your game works, when it comes out, you're not only going to get the diehards, you're going to get a panel of people like me who are fucking tired of playing busted ass shit. And that doesn't look good. And then I can actually go, oh, okay, like this is a an aspirational game as well as being the next Pokemon. It's like, I'm not saying it's an easy solution uh, or an easy problem to fix, but it's like, I don't think it's just they have to keep the machine moving the way it is uh, in in perpetuity. Like, I just don't believe it. They believe they it, they but do, I yeah. don't believe it. Yeah, they do. Okay. Go ahead, Andrew. I think to your point, John, I think that's what they do with with children's shows or most of them. Like, you yeah, know, they, right. they sell all of those those franchise like those things and 
action and, uh, figures for like yeah. Marvel movies. Yeah. Like Marvel this movies is... get spoiled by action figures coming yeah. out, right? Characters like, that show up in the movies that, that are like show supposed up. to be a surprise are like, yep, that's on the store and, shelf. And now. you know what? As far as I know, that machine works fine. Yeah, like, you know. So it's like Star Wars isn't hurting. I'm sure. Right. Well, so you're, exa- you're exactly I mean, right, Andrea. Like I think I think you're I think that's true. Yeah, also, it, young just got canceled. Not moving enough figures. Anyway, continue. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's a shame that it, this is what it has come to because, like, again, this would be like the Pokemon game I think I would really like if they just finished it if they made that choice right. to go okay this is not going to work we need to wait another year i remember right. thinking like microsoft delaying halo was such a like must have been such a terrible decision to have to make mm-hmm. to go we're not going to have this marquee first party title when that yeah. game came out it still wasn't very good how bad yep. would it have been a year before that i know but Again, this game sold 10 million copies yeah, in three sold, days. Yeah, it sold a lot. They've, they're, they have no incentive, realistically, to fix yeah. any of these problems. Though it's also the first time I've seen Nintendo apologize for a game performing badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, somebody's clearly embarrassed by this. Just, are they the right people to make the decision next time? Right. That studio is, like, shockingly small, isn't it, too? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, it certainly seems like it. I, I actually don't know the size, but, like, when I look at... You know, when I look at you know what the what the output is and how fast they're getting this stuff out and then what ends up you know kind of being on the uh, on the plate so to speak, I'm like, yeah, this is a tiny team. It has to be. This is 169 yeah. employees, but uh, of course, and that's that's like company. double what it used to be. Yeah. Mm, damn. On Bulbapedia. Huh. <laughs> it's it's not like it's they could scale up. Yeah. And they could like throw more people at the problem, but ultimately I think it's a project management issue. And I think mm-hmm. it's like a, a C-suite executive deciding that they, they need to release the game at a certain time. Because mm-hmm. like, for example, like in the in the anime this past week, Ash met Sprigatito. And they want to like have all that stuff together at once so it can it comes at you from all sides. Right, sure. And I guess they need like they can't go, okay, make a few more filler episodes last second for this anime because we need to delay three months or they could they just don't want to and ultimately that's the problem uh moving on for pokemon scarlet and violet because i'm gonna i'm getting angry up in blood uh i played a little bit of shadow so this past weekend my partner wanted to do a thing where people sit down a group of people sit down watch all the lord of the rings movies damn and eat whenever somebody in those movies is eating which it turns out is a lot it's a lot yeah yeah there's also like a challenge for like smoke weed when people in that movie are smoking which would have been way too much because halfway through fellowship alone you would have just been gone uh but so we we did that and we ate like the the lembus bread and all that jazz and like messily ate a chicken when deathorn whatever his name is like Ate a chicken. I had oh. never seen Return of the King before. I never read the book, any of that stuff. Uh, this is the first time I did it. This is the first time I had seen Shalob. Shalob. Uh-huh. Which is a giant spider in that movie. Oh, yeah. It's not good, huh? Oh, was your only frame of reference for Shelob the fucking character from the, the Shadow of War games? That's the thing. I had oh. bought Shadow of War a couple of weeks ago. And just hadn't got around to playing it. I saw this. Remember, there was a thing about Shelob in the uh-huh. in the game. So I started playing it. Did not realize she was a hot lady in the game for some right. reason. Uh-huh. They yeah. made her a sexy lady in they the video game. That was a whole. Lady. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Why? <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Were there people like this will market better if we make the spider lady fuckable? Oh yes, like somebody I mean, somewhere sure. was like was definitely like we need a Star Wars or not Star Wars, a Lord of the Rings character, and we need to have a lady on the box. Um, and what's a name we can throw at it? That is a female character in Lord of the Rings that isn't like currently, you know, tied up in like a lore thing to be in a different place. That, this is how these conversations absolutely go. And then somebody somewhere was probably like, we're going to get so much attention from this choice that it's like probably worth it just to do that for like the publicity. Yeah, it's 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 absurd. That's mainly what I wanted to talk about is I played enough of that game to one go. Nah, it's still still too recent to the Shadow of War. Or uh, Shadow of Mordor for me to be doing this nemesis and bullshit again. Yeah. Uh, and two, the Shelob shit is weird. It's, it's very so weird. weird. I, yeah. it, I there's love like a, there's like a lot of there's a lot of academic uh, writing about Shelob, like about like Freudian vagina dentata kind of stuff with with Shelob. It's very wild. Huh. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. character designers on Shadow of War were some of those people who were like. Yeah, let's 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 jazz they, this up a little bit. They took all that that scholarly stuff as like literally as possible. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little about this on what I think was the last podcast. Uh, I Static Frontiers. I had not played at the time. Uh-huh. I've played one island so far. I think that game is only all right at best. Yeah. At, be- at best, that all that. From again, having I, I've only the only of Sonic Frontiers I've seen is just watching John play me, me playing for two hours. Yeah, Imran, you sound like you're being incredibly, incredibly generous about that game. And being incredibly generous because I'm like, I want to maybe like further islands are you wanna, interesting. You, you don't want to get mobbed by the, the Sonic. People. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Just, that's that's in the new set, but like, mm-hmm. I it, it's not there's nothing like exciting about this game. No. That's what I was watching John play, and I don't know, just the fishing. I think we I watched fishing for like the two fishing. hours, and I couldn't look. It was just, I don't know, all the most random things that you can kind of stick together to make uh-huh. this like weird potluck of a game, like where yes, everybody just kind of brought exactly. their own thing and was like, yeah, yeah this is cool, let's stick it together, which is how totally I would make right. a game. But yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think this game is meant to appeal to, and I don't want to call out uh our former employee Kenneth Shepard too hard on this. It's meant to appeal to people like Kenneth Shepard, which is like the people who started playing Sonic, the Sonic Adventure, had became very invested in the story in this world and like really fucking love people like our characters like Shadow of the Hedgehog. Sure. Have ideas whether they're like pro or con on whether Sonic and Amy should be together and whether that matters to their personalities. Like it's this game is for those people, yeah. and then I'm nothing has made me feel older mm-hmm. than being like, wait, those people I guess are like twenty five, thirty now. Sure, yeah, and they they are very invested in the kind of game that that says no, we're going to start treating Sonic Story seriously again. Right. Yeah, they le- they leaned all the way hard into that stuff and like all the way away and like. The idea it's it's almost similar to Pokemon in a lot of ways. It's like the idea that like the game part has to work is almost secondary to just making sure that like yep. it looks the part like mm-hmm. that's that's Pokemon to a lot. And actually one of my problems with Scarlet and Violet, because I was just we were talking about this in the in our like fan bite survivors discord the other day was like 
it i feel like you are starting to see some of the edges fray on pokemon design as like the, the as well as the game itself is just falling apart because it's taking too like the, the process is too fast of course mm -hmm. art passes and stuff like that are also take like getting rushed along right. the side so i think a lot of like the new modern pokemon designs are just like not particularly interesting or good in a lot of ways and it's like stuff that probably could have taken more uh time in the design and concepting phase and like gone through more passes and things like that like right. they look like first drafts of pokemon rather mm -hmm. than some uh, other pokemon jordan uh producer jordan in the chat says these are some of the worst pokemon ever mm -hmm. there's one that's just like literally a bunch of sticks and i get and it's probably some kind of pun because most of the new pokemon are just some kind of pun in a different weird way um there's just a but but like that stuff almost feels like well we it feels like when you are writing the name of a side quest in final fantasy 14 and it's like well we're just going to make this a pun or a rhyme or something like that because we need to crank out a million of these and nobody cares nobody cares what the name of that side quest is going to be and you know what's really easy and quick to do is to just make a really lame pun because it's like the first thought that pops into your head and it doesn't matter because it's like in those games because it's background material it's it's stuff that is just there to have something there and people grab that quest they get their thousand gil and they move on or whatever but in pokemon it's like that's the game part and sonic right. like now like frontiers feels like in in a very similar way it feels like the thing I keep coming back to, to describing it as, and like I actually had people point out to me like this is actually maybe ungenerous of me because it's like there are actual Sonic fan games that are pretty damn good right now, is that this looks like a fan game. It looks like Unity assets yeah. that were put together and like yeah. somebody put like Sonic inside of them because like nothing feels like cohesive. There's all the, just all the way down to the skyboxes and lighting. It really does yeah. look like Unity pack-ins. It, it's amazing. And like basic stuff like menu design and things like right. that, where the thing that you pointed, one of the first things you noticed, John, well, beyond one, the actual first thing oh you noticed, which is like the, you can't go into the settings on the, the main menu of the UX game. The X of this game <laughs> the, is, if, is when you, maddening. When like, you finally no go. Is, no one has ever implemented UX this way. Uh, also, like, I'm when, almost impressed by it. I'm like, When you wow. start the game, when the first thing you do to start the game is like, oh, I need to invert the controls, like me personally. Right. There's only thing on the menu or in the like start menu is options. That is it. There is nothing else. But you can't access it until you, you have hit to select A it. Yes. to click yeah, options. Yeah, this is the thing. Yeah, it was like I at first I thought I was broken. Like, why can't I access any of Same. these things? Like, oh, because yep. it need, there's a phantom A button here somewhere mm -hmm. that, that it never it points out. It's like you're you're you have to select a tab, even though there's only one tab to select. Yeah, when the game like doesn't say select, it just shows you a tab, and then none of the buttons work. And you're like, what? Yeah. Why can't yeah. I move? But yeah, it sounds like a minuscule issue. Something about it, you little pig. I mean, that's yeah. what it says. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like it, like an. Oh, Go you ahead. like inter uh, you you unlock like teleporting through fishing because I remember that too, and it was the most yeah. bizarre way to yes. to kind of come upon like some of these because you would have never known like well, how Andrea, you Andrea, like I was catching things in the pond that had no explanation, <laughs> and, and it, it and it was unlocking like fundamental parts of the game, and I'm right, like, there's like Amy memories what? or whatever. It's like yeah. here's a memory of Amy, and it's just like before you've ever been introduced, like to before Amy. you found Amy in right. the world, mm -hmm. but like she shows up briefly in a cutscene. And then Sonic wakes up on this island like, oh, where am I? And then you go to the fishing minigame and it's like, here's a piece of Amy's heart or whatever. And it's like, like OK. Uh -huh. 
And then you continue with the story of the game. And like, it turns out that a large chunk of Sonic Frontiers is just going around doing mini games and miniature levels to collect those pieces of hearts so that you can unlock another like six seconds of dialogue with Amy and then moving Mm -hmm. and then just doing more of that and unlocking another six seconds of some of the most bizarre writing I have ever seen in my life with like the fucking like little they're not chows, but they're like clearly supposed to be like korok the cocos yes. that's what they're called they, yeah, yeah they didn't even sound like korok and like uh-huh. right you don't get any explanation okay. like there's no like story introduction for them you grab one and it says like get these to the, the uncle coco and like he'll upgrade your thing and it's like what you were you were throwing information at me that i could not possibly mm-hmm. parse right now well, just like why was the first one not just a scene introduction to these things right, the, right. there's like there's no rhyme or reason to like the pacing mm-hmm. or the story structure or any of the stuff it's just again it's meant to look the part it's supposed to like sound like okay this is what people who are this specific audience of sonic fans um, that are like you, like you said, Imran, and like in their twenties and and thirties, who were like deep into like that specific era of like when Sonic was trying out being a little bit more serious. It's that same era where like Nintendo was also kind of like experimenting with some of that stuff with like Nintendo doing M-rated games for the first time on the GameCube and things like that. Because it's like, is this what people want? Because like, it, but then whereas Nintendo was like, okay, no, we're gonna double and triple down on what we know and how to do best. Sega was just like, we're just going to keep going down this path. It's almost like this weird alternate view into a different reality a different timeline of of like things and it's just bizarre to behold yeah yeah it's the the people like i put it in like the last newsletter as like sonic fans are walking away like they just won the gold in the olympics like it's it's an okay game i understand why people are enjoying it Cause like it is even though like I even though I think the cyber levels are an admission that the rest of the game just doesn't work, I right. do think like it's very possible to enjoy those cyber levels on the in the same way you enjoy any Sonic game. But like, it's not great. It's it's really. I, I like I said I will try these other islands because I hear they're actually like they change genres when you get to other islands. Huh. So I'm I'm curious what that actually means. But like that first island just feels like. We played Breath of the Wild. We have so many ideas that are just superficially mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, right. and that doesn't really that that's a great idea in 2018. In right. 2022, it feels like the lesson they should have taken for Breath of the Wild was how do we rethink the core idea of the series, not how do we right. put piano music when you're walking around because that right. was really easy to do. That was not the main thing that made Breath of the Wild good. Yeah, Breath of the Wild was them like saying like, okay, what was the thing that first made Legend of Zelda Legend of Zelda? And it's like, oh, you're being, you're dropped into a big world with a bunch of secrets and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And you kind of like poke at them until yep. you figure it out. Yep. And they didn't ask themselves that with Sonic. They said like, oh, that's a cool idea. And then they just did that. But with, yeah. but put Sonic into it. And like right. <laughs> large chunks of it don't even like consider like what that actually means. Because like the way that the ring system works, like the health system in That's this game. so bizarre. Where you're like, yeah, you'll, you'll be like doing these boss fights or whatever. And it's just like, sorry, you have no rings during this boss fight. You got hit once and now it's game over and you just have to run back up. Watch this same little canned animation of this like giant like sky snake look at you and then it reintroduces it puts its name on screen you have to sit through that every single time and oops, you got hit once and you had no rings. So you died. And it's just like that. The- doesn't make sense the fact that they like they they it's it's so strange to me that that team doesn't look at like it's like they refuse to look at mario they don't even want (laughs) to acknowledge 
that Mario makes decisions as a franchise to serve the kind of game that they're making. Well, they like, tried to do that. Remember Sonic Lost World? where They're like, okay, this is just Mario Galaxy now. Sure, but they sure. didn't like, again, it was a superficial look at another game. And they right. just went, what they, what I guess what people want is clambering up platforms and parkour right. and not like really inventive level design. No, they're not. They're just not taking anything that's under the surface from it. They're just taking the surface stuff. I mean, Andrea's thing about the potluck is exactly mm-hmm. right. It's like a lot of people brought uh, their shitty food from home and they reheated <laughs> it at the place. And it sucks <laughs> even more because it's just shitty food warmed over. And they just left it all out on fucking foldable picnic tables. And that's what that's what that game is. That That's what that game is. All yeah. of the stuff that they just lifted straight from Breath of the Wild is just a surface suggestion. It's like the Coco stuff is just Koroks, but like they didn't interrogate what was inherently interesting about the Korok stuff, which, by the way, is one of the worst parts of Breath of the Wild, honestly. But it's like they didn't really ask themselves why did this work or or the 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 segments of just kind of openness and puzzle solving they didn't ask themselves oh oh it's just puzzles right no 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 breath of the wild's environmental puzzles worked because they usually told a story or had you explore a mechanic that you hadn't really uh explored or think more in depth about the world around you but like sonic frontiers of shit doesn't do that it's just like someone dropped a bunch of rubik's cubes on a fucking field it's not interesting it's nothing mm-hmm. yeah yeah then like i the people who are like saying this is a victory for sonic are just kind of like admitting that bar is just so incredibly the bar low. Is just so low like which like that's fine it's fine that you were having fun with this right. game it's just like no this is not like one of the best open world games in years or whatever it's it's even in a vacuum of sonic games it's not it's okay. really that big an improvement right which I there's a game I forgot to put on this list, and I remembered it because I heard you just like I enjoy listening to you rant about these games, John. Uh, <laughs> actually, on the last podcast, we talked about this game as with God of War as like a major success, as like incredible thing that was incre- like very good game of the year quality candidate. In the past month, playing that game off and on, I don't think it's bad. I'm not going to go that far. Right. But I'm willing to pull back on that praise quite a bit. All right. The Good. Pa- the pacing of that game is terrible. It's genuinely kind of bad. The pacing of that game is awful. It's one of the worst paced AAA games I've played in a long time. I I got to a place, I got to a chapter that was so boring I fell asleep like <laughs> while playing and just did not come back to the game for weeks. Can you and say like, what it, can you say what it was without spoiling it? I'm so curious. Uh, Ironwood. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. So there, there's a part of that game where you are no longer playing as Kratos, not permanently, just temporarily. Right. And you meet a character who is cool. I like that character. It's uh-huh. a well-written character. Yeah. But they have you doing the most boring shit. It is pretty boring. And, yeah. stri- and try to, quote-unquote, spice it up by just having enemy just pop up out of nowhere while you're doing that boring shit. And it makes that chapter feel interminably paced. That even while you're fighting, you're like, this is so goddamn boring. When do I just go back to something that's like at least moving me forward or propelling me towards like they they create a sense of urgency in that game that they refuse to hold themselves to. And I think like 
that makes sense when you're playing as Kratos, who is actively trying to stop the plot from going forward. He right. does not want it to keep like moving, escalating to a climax because that like that is his agenda in that game. Right. But when you're doing as anyone else, it feels like, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we here? Why aren't we like doing something interesting? And like that store, that chapter has some good character growth moments. It has some parts that do matter for the long-term story. It has what I think is a pretty cool boss fight. Yeah. But I like, you cannot have told me they play tested that section and went, no, this is totally fine. It feels like a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I I also agree. I th- I think that game is good. I'm still having fun with it, but I'm starting to now treat it like The Witcher 3 in the sense that, well, by the way, I think Witcher 3 is a better video game, but um, I'm starting to treat it like it's so big, I need to just play it for an hour when I feel like it and not kind of rush through it because when I try to play long swaths of that game, honestly, I I'm, I actually don't have as much fun with it as I do when I pick it up for an hour. Yeah. Um, I tried to play it for four or five hours when it started, when it just came out, uh, I was not finding myself having a particularly good time. Um, I, I think the pacing of that game is, is bad. I think that game was supposed to be two games and at some point they decided to cram it into one and they never, ever reconciled kind of how to make it feel uh, brisk. I don't know if they wanted it to feel brisk, but even even with its lengthiness, I thought God of War 2018 felt tight. It felt tighter to me. And this game does not feel tight at all. And they have not figured out it, it is really very similar for me personally as the jump from Arkham Asylum to Arkham City. Arkham mm. City is usually talked about as a step forward in the right direction, and I'm I'm in the weird camp that disagrees. I thought the, yeah, the I, agree tight, I think the tight nature of Arkham Asylum was really to its benefit and actually created this like kind of unmistakable, super memorable experience. And so far, that is the the main key difference. Is like I'm I've I've already banked a lot of stuff from 2018 in my in kind of my memory that I'm not doing with Ragnarok. It's not as memorable. It's not as uh, epic, even though like you're seeing new art styles and you're seeing some new stuff like it's just not striking the same tone. Nier and I have been talking about this privately in DMs for weeks. I think Nier actually feels way, way more positive about this game than I do, which is really interesting. Um, so I kind of want to hear what, what they have to say, but like, yeah, it's, uh, I'm still playing it. I'm still enjoying it, but I, I do not understand the near universal fawning praise for this game. I don't understand it. Yeah. Like the more I play it, the more I'm like 10 out of 10. Really? I don't get that. That's what we came up with. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Near. What do you think? What, what is, what is your opinion on God of War Ragnarok? Uh, my thing with God of War Ragnarok that I keep coming back to to a large degree is just that, like, it's interesting to me that most of the people that I see being very critical of Ragnarok are people who fucking love that first game. Because I beat <laughs> right. that first game right before I played Ragnarok, which is the thing that a lot of people said, don't do that. Like, who love that game? Right. Went back and replayed those games. John, I think you literally replayed. Yeah. Yep. Nikki, I think, did the same thing. Um, went through God of War uh, 2018 and then was like, uh, I'm good. Yeah. actually because it was just too much of the this same thing yep my thing is that i think that god of war 2018 is like 
I remember even thinking it that year, like grossly overrated (laughs) as a video game, which is like really kind of where this comes to a really interesting place to me, because I think the pacing in that game is also very like slow and kind of bad and in the exact same ways that they are in Ragnarok um, into like the point of. In Ragnarok, it's like, well, the the story is moving forward and then it has to stop because there's some new obstacle in our way from stopping us from doing this one thing. Right. The number, the sheer number of times in God of War 2018 where you are like, well, we've made it to the mountain where we can scatter the ashes because that's that's our primary goal in this game. And that's, you know, how that first game ends is you mm-hmm. scatter the ashes of Kratos's wife um, from that first game. But like oops, there's a big shadow wall in the way and now we have to go on a side quest to go find a cool light uh, flashlight to uh, illuminate the shadow wall. Oh, we got to the top of that mountain, but it's not actually the tallest mountain in the in all the realms. So the tallest mountain in all the realms is through this portal. Well, we figured out how to open the portal and oops, Kratos got mad and punched it and broke it. And now we can't <laughs> go through that portal. We have right. to go on another side quest to another place and open up a portal from a different angle. And oops, now like we need the like that portal is open, but we need a key that lets us walk through it. So we have to go into this weird dungeon and go through all these like spike traps and Indiana Jones rolling bullets type shit to go get that stuff and then go through again and do that stuff like the the halting momentness of the momentum is always is is wild so it's like my expectations for god of war ragnarok on that front were already pretty low that and just the general sense of just like i don't care about kratos's pathos at all i don't care about dad games i think that parents should be banned from being the creative directors (laughs) of video games (laughs) Uh, I think narratively, like the difference in those is that in the God of War 2018, whenever someone did something dumb, you had the other character being like, "What the fuck are you that doing, was man?" Dumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, like there you had Kratos say, "What the fuck, Richard?" Moments in that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in like God of War 2018, or not 2018, Ragnarok, the way I would put it is that you have, I would do every loyalty mission in Mass Effect whether it was optional or not because yeah. but that it was optional gave me it made me get feel like i had breathing room in god of war ragnarok it feels like i'm going on every single character's loyalty mission in the main story uh-huh. and that yeah. it just starts feeling really rote after a while yeah so of like oh we're the okay stuff, the stuff with freya is so i i love freya i love freya as a character i love her brother i love yeah. like that yeah. world I don't. Be- I can't believe they made so me go there. Long. I can't oh believe they God. literally just paused the story to say, "Go back home. I'll yeah. be back in a minute. Yeah. I gotta go do this quest with her now." Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. if they had just said, if Frey- which they can't, because Frey is like that aspect is a part of the story of the narrative. Right. But if they had said, "Freya needs this from you. Can we go do this now?" And it was right. a side quest, I would have right. happily gone and done it and be like, "Wow, this is a really involved and cool side yeah, quest." It's really involved. But yeah. the fact that they made me do it feels so annoying and boring. The, yeah. the thing that I think a lot of people who really liked the, that first game forget, and like, I think this is the part of the game that like is the reason that this stuff works better for me and does not bother me as much in Ragnarok, is that. Oh, we have to go. I have to go do all this stuff. There's so much stuff to do. But getting through anything in that game is about five times faster and snappier and better feeling than it was in 2018. The number of times in in God of War 2018 where you have to like, okay, I want to go get this chest over here or whatever. 
and now I have to slowly, oh, the climb, slowly, the yeah, 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 climb. Yeah, yeah. Right. Watch Kratos's every individual finger right. gently caress this mountainside yeah. as he slides down, and, oop, uh, and or like even the smaller little like oversights I would even call them, where like you can o- unlock Dark Souls style shortcuts in the in. 2018 by like kicking down these chains after you get to the top of a of a platform that you're supposed to get onto but anytime you do that kratos will always automatically start climbing down the shortcut that you've just unlocked and it's like no i don't want to go down the shortcut but then (laughs) yeah and then he will start climbing down and you have to wait for a trace to hop on your back and he'll start moving it's like no i just wanted to unlock the shortcut and then i have to climb my way back up the shortcut and sit through that animation again in God of War Ragnarok, if Kratos needs to get up or down something, he throws the Blaze of Chaos into it, and then grappling hooks up like Batman, and it's yes. over in five seconds. It's, uh, it's shocking to me that they didn't put that in the first one. Like, yeah, and and like there's I'm just I'm like, wow, yeah. this this is what what a what a stunning admission. It's like, oh yeah, we really fucked that up in the first game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just just little things like that, like the the briskness at which you, I am able to get through. And in, if I want to enjoy that stuff that like the, the, the degree to which it no longer feels like a slog to get from point A to point B during that stuff makes it feel so much faster and like so like much less like a like a slog than it did in the first game that and in addition to which i've just like more into the story that they are telling and like the wider cast of characters that have like individual like you know beliefs and like places in this world that are not just like is what if kratos feels sad about killing all these people like uh, the dad shit just didn't work for me but like one of the first characters you meet in ragnarok is a like a dwarven safety inspector who has like a pet like squid in a jar and yeah. it's like oh and like in this world where like odin has basically like uh through the um like help of uh mimir is able to like exploit these dwarves not through like a like conquest but through capitalism and there's like the, a lot of the side stuff there is like about how odin is like manipulating these people and like taking their resources and stuff like that and like they're land is now so polluted that they can't farm it anymore so that if they want food they have to buy it from asgard and if they want to buy it from asgard they need money so they have to sell their ore to asgard it's like a really that stuff is so much more interesting to me uh than just like and now kratos walks over here and he kills a dark elf and we're just not going to talk about that very much again i guess we're, like the the number of things where you just like they throw a big monster in your eye and Ragnarok still does this too. And I would actually even say that like the, the original God of War games had this problem a little bit too much was the, the, the amount of stuff where it's like, well, we need to have this big key thing happen in this because it's a big thing in, in the Norse mythology, but it's a God of War game. So the only way we can interact with it meaningfully is to have Kratos kill it. Uh, and that and then there's diminishing returns on that because actually God of War, I think, like hit so many big beats and so many big cool things in it that they can't do again in this one because those characters are already dead or, you know, whatever it happens to be in this. Like you you can't do the scene where Balder shows up at Kratos's door and knocks on it and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And it's like, oh, that's a, that's a Norse god. Like, oh, that's where this is going. You can't do that again. They do it again, but it's just not as cool because we've already seen it before. Similar to how like in the PlayStation 2 games, it was like, oh, Kratos is fighting a Hydra in the first game. And then it's like, well, we need a we need another big monster for Kratos to fight because we need to top the spectacle from the first game. But what's more iconic than the Hydra? 
kind of nothing. So I guess we'll just have him fight this other thing instead and it's not as memorable because it's not the fucking hydra and that stuff happens a little bit too much in this game but it's just again the degree to which i'm able to just chew through it and how much better it feels and less frustrating a large chunks of the combat feel as a result too is so much nicer to me yeah also like you mentioned uh odin i feel like if they were gonna have odin in as little of the game as they have they should have just kept him out of the opening because like there's this long part of it of the game where you're like you said you're hearing about all this evil shit odin has done in all these realms and you're like you're creating this vision of him in your head which you already know he's like this meek bureaucratic not meek meek is maybe not the right word nebbish a little bit yeah neb- Schiff, a little nebbish yeah like richard schiff character and you already know he's not like if him and kratos got in a fight kratos is probably gonna win Right. But like you've already you've created you're not creating an idea in your head anymore. So what we know is he's this bureaucratically malevolent character, which is evil, but not threatening for the God of War. Mm-hmm. And I, I the, the pacing, I understand wanting to get like, fuck, we got Richard Schiff. He's really fucking good in this. He's really well casted. We should use him immediately. I get that temptation, but either have him in more of the game or hold hold that ace until like it does the most good. And it would have been the most good later. I think they get there to the like, I like that stuff where um it's actually a scene that is very similar to I think the scene you were talking about earlier, but is like a better version of it uh, because it's like more exciting. Um, I feel like, and uh, has more characters and more just going on and like says more about Atreus as a character where uh, you Atreus splits off from Kratos and stuff and is hanging out with like, spoilers. Like uh, if you don't want to hear this, like maybe fast forward 30 seconds is hanging out in Asgard with a bunch of the Aesir and stuff like that. And like learning from them and right. uh, doing all this stuff and it has long periods of conversation with Odin and stuff about different things. And like that stuff, I think w- ends up working really well. And I, again, don't, it, uh, it doesn't bother me so much that they show up. Cause that's so much more interesting to me than if they just kept on trying to top that Balder stuff or t- trying to top the like Jormungandr showing up in, in the first game, which is like the, the trap that those old God of War games fell into was just constantly trying to trap themselves with diminishing returns on what was available right. to be to be used because for lore reasons, oh, we already cut that guy's head off. We can't do that again. Um, I would much rather have just like established right away. Like, yeah, this is not going to be a war that is won or lost by Kratos punching Odin in the face. Maybe that's how the game ends. I don't know. But like for most of the game, it doesn't feel like that. It's like, oh, Odin is off here doing some shit that like is beyond Kratos's ken and there is other stuff that needs to be done around the edges to figure this out versus like we just need to go find the big bad and go punch him to death which would be i think be a good route for that game to take if that like they actually said that but it's just like Kratos is kind of just protecting his kid and mm-hmm. does not seem to feel it. the the subtlety in the conflict never comes through to the characters. And I feel like that's the annoying part because one just wants to fight Odin. The other one's like, I don't want to fight Odin, but not because I'm scared of Odin, but because I want you to be safe. And that's right. just kind of where it is because every other character in the game is like, we should fucking kill Odin. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I, we have so many more games to talk about. I don't want to like we sit do. on like <laughs> God of War forever. Uh, I am playing a little bit of Crisis Core Reunion. That game is a remake that is still very much a PSP game in terms of structure. So keep that in mind if you're going to play it. Zach is way more of a fascist than I remember. 
Ooh. Oh, like, that sucks. Yeah, like, I, I have fond memories of him, but uh, also I played in high school, so that was yeah, yeah. yeah I, he's like he's still a good character, but like the game never really wrestles with like the fact that Zach is extremely pro Shinra until like he is personally right. affected to be to not exactly. Be. Yeah, I was like, literally going to say Andrea. I didn't know if this yeah. was like an insult at all, but like, boy, Crisis Core seems like an Andrea ass <laughs> game. Yeah, <laughs> like, which way do I take that? No, I I remember it very fondly. Um, and sing its praises all the time, and like remember crying when my PSP battery exploded because I was like playing it again. <laughs> oh my god. Um, that was yeah. that was forever ago. Well, you know they they like they, they do the thing where they get huge and they, pop yeah, the yeah they off inflate and, and, and yeah. melt yeah yeah. Um, iPhone did that and they replaced it anyway. My PSP just stayed dead forever and had to get new. Yeah, um, yeah. You ask Sony, hey, can you replace my <laughs> PSP? Replace and they're like, they're like, we don't no. talk about that shit no more. <laughs> we don't have any. Bye. Um, but yeah, no, I, I remember it fondly, but I, I think to Imran's point, yeah, whenever I look back on it, he really doesn't give a shit till it personally affects him. And boy, is that a common thread now. There's a yeah. mission where you are tasked with finding Shinra spies, and one of them is a child who uh, is just talking shit about Shinra on the playground. And like, right. you arrest yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep. Zach, buddy, yeah. come on. Hey, Zach, what are you doing? I can't, like, this is a Tabata game, so I, I imagine the characterization probably won't continue into like remake part. Two. What is the game called officially? What is remake part two's subtitle? Rebirth. Right? Rebirth. Yeah. So this is reunion, and right. next one is rebirth. But like, I, I imagine Jack, Zach will have a large part in that game in some form. Uh, I wonder if he's going to be as like, "Whoa, you guys are fighting against Shinra. I am Shinra." So that could be an interesting angle to, I don't know, who knows. The game is still like fine. It's it is exactly what it was on the PSP with but with the remake models now. Uh I am I am mostly playing because the last hour of that game is one of my favorite hours of gaming period. It's good so good. Yep. But there's like a good sixty hours to get there, so we'll see how I get there, how long it takes. Uh okay. From one square next game to another. Andrea, tell me about Harvestella. Ooh. Yeah. So okay. So this one, I'm like uh, couching this, and of course, we, earlier we discussed how a game uh, that's really bad could definitely be better. And there's a bunch of people that love it anyway. That's me with a lot of these farming games. Mm -hmm. um, I think Harvestella was reviewed pretty well, uh, or like kind of middling. It got the seven, I think, average out of ten. Which I mean, yeah. Which for a game that like Square Enix barely advertised or anything like that is like surprisingly, <laughs> oh. you know. Yeah. yeah. You mean yeah. like every Square Enix game released this year? So I, I suspect yeah. they did not increase their marketing budget at all, despite releasing like 17 yeah. games in like three very, months. Very bizarre. Fucking yeah. two more Voice <laughs> of Cards games came out this year. I didn't even know that a, a second one had been announced until <laughs> I saw the third one on the PlayStation Store. God. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's a solid seven, I guess. Uh, but with <laughs> yeah. the, 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 as it as they go, but with. It, it, it's a little better than this year's like Rune Factory Five. I don't know. I think Near played that, um, but yeah, it Rune Factory a Four lot of and Five. Same, yeah, yeah, Five. Uh, it has a lot of the same problems. So like big dead open world that kind of feels miserable to run around through. Um, but essentially in Harvestella, you're introduced the same way. You're an amnesiac conveniently, so you have no idea why you're there. Um, and of course, there's the the big bad. It's like I don't know, fantasy asbestos, because it just like kind of clouds the air and it's pink and glowy. Um, and you don't know why that you can breathe this crap in, um, but no one else can breathe this stuff in. So you're trying to figure all that out while also maintaining a farm. 
um, as you do. (laughs) And eventually you get married. So like... It's like, well, I guess I can I can eat pollution anyway. Back to radishes. <laughs> so the yeah, the villagers they they give you your little farm and all that other stuff, and it's like Rune Factory in the sense that you do all this dungeon crawling, and um, that's kind of how you progress the story is is unlocking chapters through completing the next dungeon and meeting the next cast member, and it follows all of those things you kind of expect, um, but it doesn't do like. The farming aspect is good as, you know, like a story of seasons or a Stardew Valley. Yeah. And I don't think it does the combat as good as like maybe Rune Factory 4. Um, it's definitely better than 5. Uh, I think 5 had a ton of performance issues and then I'll still defend it to the death like someone who really likes Pokemon. Um, just because I, I, I really love the Rune Factory series. I think um, still the cast is really cute and there's there's a lot there to love if you can kind of grit your teeth and bear all the really bad performance but i quit Listen, playing it on the switch i was gonna so. say that pc version goes down a treat after you play that switch version <laughs> right like that uh-huh. game works great on steam deck but i quit playing harvestella on the switch um actually too so oh, even wow. I, i've heard it's better docked i didn't try um but undocked it was kind of like jittery and that's mm. i don't know for whenever you hit the action it kind of sucks so i swapped huh. to the, the steam version and i'm about where i was before um, and, you know, just kind of doing the the waffling between which person am I going to try to woo? Um, so. Of course, of course. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it does anything like particularly special, which is a bummer because I think it's the prettiest out of all of the, right. the little um, harvesting sims and stuff like that. It kind of reminds me of the futuristic Harvest Moon. I think it was called Innocent Life. Yes. Uh, that's, yeah. PSP game. Uh, Innocent Life was definitely one of those. I, I forget if that's the future one, but yes. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely reminds me more of that, um, like style-wise, than than some of the others that I mentioned, like Stardew or something. Of course, um, yeah, but the, like just a bummer. I, I've been watching my partner play a little bit, and mm-hmm. the farming aspect seems really kind of half baked. Where, yeah. like, the only, there's only two animals, period, and like there's a there's a chicken equivalent and a cow equivalent, and like really, yeah, I, I feel like if you wow. wanted a farming game, you would you would find better options in pretty much anything else on. The, in the genre on switch there's so many options now too is the thing mm-hmm. it's like there was that literally that joke about that one nintendo direct where like six farming games got shown off yeah I mean, it's a fantasy yeah. one too so i mean like the the two that it has are really cute but i mean it's like rune factor in the sense that you should be able to get any of those cute little weird ass monsters and right and take them home and put them in your house or whatever yeah and like if you want an action rpg there's so many other better options too like it, it feels like this game is they they put two things that didn't work necessarily like complete and put them together mm-hmm. and it i don't know it i think AJ, what you're saying like it's a seven it's just it's a yeah. gentleman seven you know like that's that's fine for what this is but i feel like you anyone who was looking for uh, i have i have this urge for a farming slash action game you should probably just play rune factory instead right Especially yeah. if you have a Steam Deck, like that, you can get the best the best of both worlds right now with that sort of situation. And I think even like just the combat too. There's I don't know. There's like ten jobs or something so far that I've seen or or close to it. Um, and it, they don't really seem to make a difference. It's just you pick between which combat classes and which is, is slow. Like if it's fast or slow. And I, I cannot play like any of the magic classes for that reason because it just chugs along so bad. And when you're in these dungeons that are like straight lines and don't have the appeal of something like 
don't know, an Atrian Odyssey or something like that, you know, where you're kind of doing the dungeon crawling thing and, and making meaningful turns. It, it just kind of feels like a drag. Mm. Andrea, we got to do a whole episode on Etrian Odyssey. One, one of oh you're the God. only other person I have ever heard in the game by Sphere mention, like, even hint that you've played one of those games because I fucking love Etrian Odyssey so much. I haven't played that in forever. And I like that in uh, Stranger of Sword, Sword City. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anything any of those little dungeon crawly type games i will i will play that for hours so i complain good. about monotony but then i'm really into stuff like that so but you know those games are like designed around the idea yeah. like they're they're specifically balanced in such a way where it's like you are like incremental progress is an, it, its own reward it's like incredibly exactly. satisfying it's like oh i got to another floor and now I have to go back immediately and go breast at an inn and recharge all my stuff and sell all of my things and whatnot and do it all over again. But like, wow, I can't believe I made it to floor seven. Yeah, yeah it's oh. it's you kind of want those things in, in Rune Factory. And it, it's never been good at that. Like Rune Factory no. 4, it was pretty good, but it's still like, you know, you plow your way through and overpower one weapon and you're fine. And Harvestella still does that. It doesn't really improve on the formula anyway. I will say... There's an area that looks like uh, it came from near Automata, and I think that was kind of worth it. In the, yeah, the I, I saw that area. Yeah, I, yeah. The, the Goshina like soundtrack does yes. a good job of like honestly letting this game play a league above where it actually plays. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a little disappointing because like this game should the idea of a farming sim where winter is an actual monster that's coming to kill you is yeah. a cool idea. It's cool a idea. great setup. Yeah. It just doesn't like the side quests are all go and press go to this place across the city and press A in front of this person. Now come back to this guy and press A in front of him. And then like that's it. That's the side quest. Also, weirdly, like this game and a bunch of other like farming sims this year just decided to pop off with like non-binary representation just kind of out of nowhere because yeah. you could also play an NB character in this and still get married and all that yeah. stuff. And it's like, I think also like two other farming games that came out that's like, yeah, we did that this year too and, and stuff. And that's that's neat. I like that. Yeah. 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 I think farming games have slowly realized your audience is the, the kind of people who were like, no, we should put every kind of gender and non-gender option. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. All right. Uh, tell me about Chain Echoes, Andrea. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So this should we go out Friday, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm good. Uh, Chain Echoes. It's kind of like a retro RPG throwback. Which I mean, the whole crux of like the the impressions that I wrote too is, you know, it's an homage to some of the older things, but it's it doesn't really copy things in a way that feel kind of boring and like you know every time we turn around. There's a new one of these. What was what was the one the the publisher did a couple years ago? God, which publisher name. was this? Uh, well, I can't find it, but <laughs> I'll look later. But anyway, oh. no, these are kind of they kind of all mashed together in a way that feels samey and doesn't really recapture any of the magic of some of those old things like Xenogears or Final Fantasy VI, like some of this one claims to do. But I will say, Chain Echoes has its own identity so there's this really cool system in it um where you're kind of balancing this gauge back and forth to keep it from overheating or going too far under andrea and you, hmm? what's up is crosscode the game you were referring to yes okay yes oh my gosh yeah Got okay it. Uh, first off, I take a I take umbrage with the idea that Crosscode is not a video uh, a good video game. Second, <laughs> how did you say the word? What what was the thing that you you are balancing in this game? Gauge. 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 
Gage? Gage? Oh my god! I've never in my life heard someone say gosh. Like gauze? Oh yeah, gauze? Like, like gauze? I guess I can see it from the gauze perspective. Gauze? I'm like, oh, a G-A-U. <laughs> Holy would shit! Be like... <laughs> I don't mean to put you on blast. That's just very no, funny. No, that's no, good! Wait, wait. You've just, all you've done for us today has taught us a valuable lesson about how English is a stupid language. English yes, is a stupid true. language. Uh, makes I, no sense. I definitely call the uh, machinist thing in Final Fantasy XIV the machinist gauge. Oh, so, the, like the battery wow. gauge. <laughs> yeah, so I guess everyone just kind of like listens. Oh my god! Like he's been saying that in front of like great groups of seven other people, and nobody up to this point has said like, "Yeah, that's not. Yeah. That's that's a in multiple that's groups." Kind of sounds like you're like putting on airs. Like you're like very like <laughs> pompously right. saying, yeah. "The god." That's like, oh no, that's not a vase. It's a vase. That's a god. <laughs> Another like segue. How, do y'all know the League of Legends character? N a s u s. Did I spell that right? N a s u s. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna pronounce it yet. I would guess Nasus. Nasus. Okay, that's. I say Nasus, and everyone like cracks up every time I say it. So I feel like that one's more okay. Like, yeah, it's not so bad. We're gonna blame it on like the fact that I'm super fucking redneck. Uh, I mean, so I, I had multiple why. Japanese, like, like uh, non-English speakers ask me, like, hey, is English easy to learn? I'm like, no, no, it's a no. really stupid language. It's really dumb. It's yeah. all, I mean, all languages are made up, but like languages, or like English in particular, is no just fucking like, I had to explain, <laughs> just right. I had to explain yeah. homonyms and like, everyone's like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you have two words that sound exactly the same but mean uh -huh. different things? Right. <laughs> yeah, two words, not like sometimes <laughs> there are five words that all mean different things. <laughs> Especially if you're like from Mississippi, you know, it's a whole other, whole other mm. way to, to learn the language. Mm -hmm. So, nah, just the, the redneck uh, can't read for beans coming out in me. But no, the, the gauge, you move back and forth. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you have, double down yes yeah, no, I love it. The, the gauge you you move it back and forth the little arrow um and your attacks can make it go up or down and you want to keep it in the sweet spot in the middle mm. uh it doesn't sound like super complicated you know different elements make it rock it all the way up and then you're kind of screwed because you take extra damage because the thing's overheating or whatever um or it'll kind of go back down and then you don't get extra boosts or anything to your damage or defense and all that good stuff. But the juggle of trying to keep it in that sweet spot is super satisfying. And even though it's kind of, I don't know, it's a simple way to add something into turn-based combat, it still feels just like enough to keep it from being the boring kind of monotonous, I'm just going to hit X for attack or you know, use whatever they're weak against, like fire or something to that extent over and over. And it kind of drags its feet. Um, so it doesn't make those some, like some of the older mistakes. And it drops a lot of the older um, JRPG designs where, you know, random battles, all that other junk, or if you lose mm. a ton of, if you lose a ton of HP, you know, you have to go back to an inn that's half a mile away and it, it, it punishes you. For no reason like the gameplay feels punitive in some of those older games and i love them still of course sure. but making me go all the way back to an end to to recover or something like that just yeah. because i was grinding for a little while feels bad mm. in 2022 mm. um and i think a lot of 
older games that I've played, or not older, but like retro throwback kind of games, still cling to some of those older ideas. Um, and the game just doesn't feel punitive in those ways. It's kind of all designed around this way to push you forward constantly, even with how the battles are kind of staggered out because there's no random encounters. And those things just feel good. Um, I don't fall, like, fall into a lot of old habits, like grinding in a circle forever. Uh, just because I'm one of those people that typically, you know, reach level like 20 whenever you're supposed to only be like 10. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. But but it feels good to kind of be forced forward without really realizing it. I'm trying to think. I remember a game that did that semi-recently where like, it probably wasn't even semi-recently. It might have been actually like SNES era where like you had a maximum level for an mm-hmm. area and you could not move past that maximum level until you like made progress in the story chrono cross chrono cross yes that was the game i'm thinking of yes yeah Yeah. which i actually liked i like the idea that you you can get to a point like a theoretical ceiling that theoretical ceiling is strong enough for the boss or more than strong enough for the boss but after that you're like you can't just over level for the next four hours of the game this one definitely takes a lot from like trigger there's a a, um part early on where it's essentially just the millennial fair and i didn't realize why it was so familiar at first but it's definitely just that recreated. There's a character that I'm pretty sure is influenced by Princess Garnett. She's got all kind of the same hangups and and all of that. Not that that's not like a pretty common trope, but sure. she definitely has that vibe. Um, Jordan producer is implying uh, that you pronounce Chrono Cross Creamy Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so just wanted everyone to realize that Chrono Cross <laughs> is, that, is that normal? Is that a normal way to say? You know what? I don't know why. Why is it Chrono? What do you mean? Is that like a time? Well, it's, I mean, chrono, chrono. Why isn't it chrono? Because Kronos, the the Greek, whatever. No, but like, why is the pronunciation? Yeah. We don't say chronologically. Well, I feel like generally speaking, like. It's a dumb language. I feel like generally speaking, when there was like an an O N, it's like if there's two N's, it means Mm. you go the the soft O with the uh. If you, if there's one. It's oh, it's the hard O. So like uh, you know, crone, chrono. Sure. I don't even know why I say chrono. Like yeah. Now that I think about it, I almost certainly played like played that game in an era where I was only ever reading it or just, like never talking about it out loud. Because like right. these days, if you mispronounce a game title on a podcast, somebody right. will tell you. Yeah. But yeah. like for the most like back then, you wouldn't have like, and you just kind of just kind of assumed like, oh yeah, I know how to like. Tifa is pronounced Tifa because that's just you know the way it is, but yeah, I, I know I, I I'm Tifa. Yeah, I know I pronounced uh, Mar Mar Marl wrong Marl. for I was oh, like I Marley, Marley, Marley. Put some fucking French on it. Yeah, but it, it's been, and I don't know why why I know now it's pronounced Marl. I don't know who corrected me at some point in my life and told me Marl. Right. Which I guess yeah. I don't actually know that's real or that's accurate either. I guess we, you know, it's, it's probably just like as we got older and were exposed more to like audiovisual media in the game space, and it wasn't just like reading stuff on GameFAQs forums, and it was just like listening to video game podcasts and stuff. Like an accepted pronunciation of a lot of this stuff just like probably established itself over time. Like yeah. you know, oh, you you hear you know whatever Game Scoop talk about it or One Up Yours talk about it enough in the like early 2000s and it's like oh, okay that's i guess how you say it yeah. andrea in the chat pointed out <laughs> titus 
I which, wasn't gonna say it. I, I am no, convinced this... that it's Titus, even though you play Kingdom Hearts and Waka says Titus. Titus. And I'm like, what? No, Waka, you're wrong. Before, you're a though, dumb baby. If you if you owned uh Final Fantasy the Spirits Within, great, great movie. What what do they <laughs> oh, if you owned it on great, DVD? A great film. Uh Emmy nominated. Is that what movies do? Did they go to the Emmys? The Grammys? No, that's TV. <laughs> <laughs> I could believe Stranger was nominated for an Emmy. I could believe someone was like, "Yeah, why not?" <laughs> that was a made-for-TV movie, right? <laughs> no, exactly. oh, there is oh, a trailer no. that comes with that that DVD, and the dude opens in the trailer, and he goes, "His name is Titus." And me, little kid me was like, "I knew it. I fucking knew it." And so I, I told everyone early on before Incredible. Kingdom Hearts. So. God. Back when you could still name your main character, even though there was really no reason to, which meant that, like, for an entire game, Yuna couldn't actually say the name of the person she loved. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Which was very funny. Uh, there's uh, actually a different game that's on our list. I don't know if that's the one we're meant to be going up to next, but it's, like, interesting to me that, like, they always use they, them pronouns for a character in uh, your character in Midnight Suns because. Yeah, let's go to Midnight Suns. So I would like to talk about this game. Yeah. This game's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. John and I yeah. have both been playing it. Andrea, have you played? I have not. Uh, it looks uh, like XCOM. Yeah. Is, is, no. Well, it, it's so, not. it kind of kind of looks like it. But it no, looks it like it XCOM. It, oh, okay. it doesn't play like it. No, no uh, it doesn't mm. play like XCOM really at all. So I'm not Other like a, a Marvel person, really. I know a little bit about DC. I think I've told you this before, Nier. My mm. mega like Nightwing crush. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of only you where I, I <laughs> uh, my superhero experience lies with. But I would play if it was like XCOM, but that's kind of it's I mean, it's a turn based strategy game, but you like have very limited control over where like mm-hmm. you can't just move characters. It's it's not a game where like in XCOM, every character gets a move and a shoot. You know, they, you move and then shoot, move and then shoot. Right. And then you can sometimes get different uh, skills and abilities that allow you to shoot and then move and stuff like that. It is. um much more of just like a turn-based almost a jrpg like almost a classic turn-based jrpg that happens to have a little bit of movement in it and some positional stuff but really the positional stuff is more because like movement is completely unlimited when you when you want to move a character you can you can only do move one character per round of combat uh but you can move them anywhere you want um, which can be like behind a couch. And then yeah. if you are like mm-hmm. click on the couch, any character can then spend this like her like heroism resource uh, to kick the couch and like throw it through an enemy. And that like might push them back into the breach into style. Else or right. Whatever. Right. Uh, it does a thing that is actually like kind of it, it is I was ironically just or coincidentally, I guess, just talking about playing Lancer uh, tabletop RPG later with my uh, friends tonight. And it does a thing from Lancer and a couple of other tabletop RPGs where it has like a concept of grunt enemies that are basically just these like enemies that can do damage to you like normal, but they only take one hit to kill. So the real they're just basically there to to harangue you while you're trying to take out the real threats on a given board, like usually a more elite enemy or a boss like Venom or somebody. Uh, but yeah, it's a Marvel game, like you had said, Andrea, and it's uh, John. Like, I, I'm actually curious, like, from your perspective, like, what is this game about? Because I know what the Midnight Suns are in actual <laughs> Marvel lore. Yeah, I mean, th- this this game for me, as someone who doesn't know about a lot of this stuff, is like 
One, it, it's uh, it's a it's a good thing to start playing if you've played uh, two months of Marvel Snap Street. Uh-huh. Because I start I started to point at the screen like Leonardo DiCaprio, like <laughs> like oh that's okay magic. That's that one magic. She, tur- she turns shit into limbo. That's seven turns. Cool, you know. Um, and and so like the. I, the 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 plot of this game is essentially uh, Hydra. I I still think it's so weird that you can't talk about Nazis in Marvel. It's just Hydra. Um, well, it's weird because uh, like also sometimes Marvel stuff will like d- will do both. Kind will of do both. Like yeah. the Agents of Shield win all of that. Mar- win all of that. Like you can't say Nazis or or Hydra's not really just agents of shield literally yeah. had a character come out and say like or a character was like were they all nazis and then the character's right. like yes they were nazis yeah, they were not- <laughs> right. that's so weird um but basically hydra uh, resurrects lilith who is uh bad news bears kind of like magic demon kind of thing um and then you basically resurrect the daughter of lilith called the hunter or the, the son hunter. if you if you so choose or the, the or progeny yeah, exactly they always um, just call it the child but. yeah um you basically resurrect the player character uh who has banished lilith before and you basically work with like blade and a bunch of the more recognizable kind of avenger folks that you might be used to uh, to go out and, you know, put a stop to this thing. Um, a lot of like famous Marvel villains get kind of Lilith, Lilithified. Yeah. Corrupted um, and they get yeah, like corrupted magical and they get magical. Like you fight stuff. Venom, you fight Venom earlier on in this kind of like demonic form, which is kind of interesting. Um, I, it's fine. Like, uh, the stuff in this game that I was surprised about is kind of like ex- exploring the grounds of the yeah. Abbey. Um, at you the, have like a Normandy. You have like a home base yeah, that is a home just base, like place that you cool. can walk around. And like Captain Marvel is like lifting weights, and Blade is hanging out by the uh, training grounds, and Nico from the Runaways is like watching TV and stuff. And, and this is gonna sound so weird because I, I I've also spent a lot of time um, acting like Sonic Frontiers is bad for some of the same reasons. But it feels like this game was made for Xbox 360 12 years ago. Mm. Like, oh yeah 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 it's, yeah it's good but like uh, if you had told me this was a remaster of a game that came out 15 years ago i'd be like oh, all right because it's just like where are you just playing it i'm playing it 5. on xbox okay xbox series x and neither of those, like those versions are fine they're fine. they're fine yeah, yeah they're totally fine. it's they're it's just, they're just kind of ugly phyraxis is like this is it, it, as somebody who's played a lot of xcom and a lot of xcom right. too the compression on their pre-rendered cutscenes has always been terrible and it's not better here um then usually when it's in motion and just like real-time graphics and stuff it looks pretty fine right. i think yeah. hunter the, the your sort of like commander shepherd character that you play um mm-hmm. that is your custom character is actually looks really good um and i think like also part of it is sometimes is just like they are not in you know, all the time. They they are kind of splitting the difference sometimes between like the the Tony Stark here is just like like bargain bin Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. It's just like mm-hmm. the, very much going for that version of Tony Stark. But then like they have Doctor Strange there too, and it's like completely different from the movie the version of him in the movies. It's like yeah, Doctor Strange is like played more as like a like a really overly se- self serious um 
kind of hoity-toity magician character that like everybody a, else pokes like fun at. Nerdy, a nerdy mystic. That like a nerdy mystic, yeah. A little too serious. Instead of, I am Stephen Strange, I am... Yeah, it's a little more... Right. Yeah. He's also to be like a weird kind of hippie, not like whatever like Sherlock magician he is in yeah. uh, the movies. Right, yeah. exactly. And that he's a little bit more like that maybe in this one um, where he's like, you know, it, it's a lot more them directly referencing. That's the thing you get to do with Doctor Strange when you give uh, you put him in a video game is like you can just more directly reference like, oh, those are the Crimson Bands of Sidorak that he's using. I know them um, yeah. and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think Blade is actually really well represented here. Yeah, I like that yeah. version of Blade quite a bit. Yeah, Blade's Blade's cool in this game. Yeah, no, um, I know what this reminds me of though. When I see it, is this like Ultimate Alliance at all? Like gameplay wise, gameplay wise, yeah. no, no. It's turn based, but, but kind of the vibe. Like, but but I will say the vibes yes. of like, mm-hmm. let's dump the Marvel action figure tub <laughs> yes. out into the middle of the floor and bang everything together. Yeah, that's there, that's mm-hmm. what this is like. There is a, yeah, the, it it totally feels that way. That's actually a great point, uh, John and Andrea. Like a, yeah. a great thing to bring up is like there is an element of this game that is not like we just expect you to like if you don't know who Nico Minoru is, it doesn't right. like don't worry it doesn't about matter. it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is what her right. power suite is. It's like yeah. we're gonna have a bunch of references to comic book characters that have never shown up in a Marvel TV property, or if they have in Marvel TV properties that nobody saw or cared about, or it were com- looked completely different. And we're just gonna throw them in here, and you either need to be ready to roll with that or not. And yeah, yeah like like uh, they showed Johnny Blaze very early on in the movie. And it looks it's not like they play him like Nicolas Cage in those ghost rider movies oh, he's yeah. like an old man with white well, long white hair and they even, they even say within five seconds i was like oh damn that looks like sam elliott from um <laughs> from from roadhouse literally uh-huh. tony stark goes oh he looks like he should be bouncing at the double deuce i was like <laughs> holy shit all right well at least i know like yeah some of the writing in here is really fun it's actually funny. pretty fun yeah yeah, yeah. there i will say i'll too too many ghostbusters references for yeah, me already yeah, in this yeah, game yeah, yeah. Yeah. i've i've clocked at least three yeah, which is like three. too much yeah uh but like when they're actually just like doing like real writing it's like really interesting and mm-hmm. some and a lot of the stuff that they do like i remember when i when before i had access to the game a lot of people i was talking to were saying like this game is like really narrative focused like really yeah. narrative heavy yeah. and i was like oh like like how and they were like like i'm going to the beach with blade to go talk about your feelings narrative heavy mm-hmm. uh and i was like oh that's a fun uh analogy but then you get to the abbey and like you get like after the fight with venom you get like a bunch of venom goo all over you so you're like yeah. your character's like go get changed so you go to your room you have a bedroom that you can go to um at the at the abbey and you have a wardrobe and you can change clothes and pick out outfits for your character including a swimsuit there are like multiple different options for swimsuits because presumably the characters go to the beach at some point and just yeah. hang out yep. a friend of mine who's been trying to get me to play this game sent me a message that i woke up to today uh this reads verbatim last night in midnight suns i found a cat and hugged it and it gave all my characters a level 
<laughs> yes, yeah. that, there's yeah, like a whole thing a about yeah. Yeah. Tony yeah, Stark I, hates the hates the cat because the cat like appears to be magical, but they're not actually sure not is actually the cat sure. magical or is it yep. the cat just being the cat and uh -huh. it disappears all the time because it's a cat. Yeah. But Tony's like, I fucking hate this place. If magic is stupid and it doesn't make sense to me and I don't like it, but I guess yeah. I have to deal with this shit now because I'm roped into this and I, I want to go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. And and I and I do really like about it that, you know, it's like, oh, you know, that 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 favorite thing that you like about uh, Persona and Mass Effect and uh, Sweet Coden, where like later in the game, you just kind of have the sandbox of being able to like hang out with characters you like yeah. and see what they're doing. Oh, they give you that like 10 minutes into the game. And yeah, it's like, it's like and no I think that's so smart. Like, it. yeah. it's just so smart that like. Okay, now now you've got this thing that you love. It's only going to get better, but you're gonna go run missions and stuff in the meantime and unlock new gear and, and stuff like that. So um I, I really like it too. so far. Yeah, that stuff like, is fun too. Yeah. The, the the combat is like is pretty interesting thus far. Like every character has like a different moveset, as you can probably imagine. Blade is like very focused on like basically um instant transmissioning between enemies, doing uh -huh. like chain attacks, and then he yeah. can like life steal from them because he's like draining their blood and yeah. uh all that stuff and it, i think the only gameplay criticism i have kind of now we're on that 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 topic yeah is because you, you were mentioning into the breach earlier and this game is absolutely trying to do okay small playground 3d full 3d movement into the breach kind of gameplay some of the precision like knockback stuff would be benefited by actually just having this be on a grid but a grid yeah yeah i agree like, with that actually I, 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 like like 20 rounds into this or whatever 20 like you know gameplay matches into this i'm kind of like i don't think they would have lost anything just having this be on a grid well, it's funny because this is literally a criticism that was leveled against xcom 2 when it came out because right. like in xcom 2 there is a grid or there is a hex grid or something but it's all under the hood and hidden so mm -hmm. you are still playing in that rule set you're just not allowed to see it because it's not as cinematic that way right. so and mm -hmm. and this game definitely also has that where it's like okay i would really love to just knock this guy into this guy but I can't quite line up that shot, or I'm not uh -huh. sure if I can line up that shot. Maybe yeah. I will, but like it almost it would honestly be fine if there was like a um allow you to see into the future, like, hey, this is yeah, where your character is going bit. to be standing. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that's a, that's an issue I also have with the Rabbids Mario, like the latest one, where like for the most part the getting rid of the grid was fine, but there's these times where like Oh, this worked out in a way that just didn't. I didn't want it to do exactly right. this. Like the game had, the game's programming took one step to the left, and I wanted to take one step to the right. right. And there was no way I could have foreseen that would happen. I wish it would at least let me undo movement. To, right. So, like when I when I realized something didn't work, I could just take it back and try again. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there, like a one free rewind, or even just like uh, on specific movements, which is like a a fire emblem thing forever. Like you know where you can like oh you moved your character but you haven't attacked yet, so you're fine and just like reversing that. It's yeah. not. It's whatever. It's not going to make any difference anyway. Uh, even like Tactics Ogre Reborn, which I played a little bit of recently as well, like they went back and implemented some of that stuff as like one of those rewind things. Because I think most people have just figured out at this point that rewind, like having one free rewind in a tactics game is just good. It's just like better than not at this point. But right. it's still it's still mostly fine because, again, like mostly what you're actually messing around with is not usually even position based. It's more to do with just like 
exploiting these different weird and like mixing and matching the different powers of like okay if i use this character over here i can like you know uh set up this other character to do this next thing carol is a tank uh which actually makes sense given the how her powers work in the comics like which is that she can absorb energy um so her whole thing is like about building up a big overshield on herself and then drawing enemy fire uh and you can always see who is going to attack or not always there there are bosses you cannot but um most enemies in the game will show you who that enemy is going to attack next turn so if you like are playing with um captain marvel on your squad you can draw aggro away from one of your characters who is in greater danger of death and then put it on her and she can just eat those hits because she has that overshield meanwhile blade is over there if he's taking a ton of damage you can just like keep him in reserve until he's ready to do one of his um lifesteal attacks and then he's right back in the fight that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and the like the the storytelling stuff at like at the abbey and stuff between all of that which is actually probably comprises more of the game than those actual fights is like surprisingly strong it's uh, like it's an xcom is not known for its storytelling but they already kind of you could see them moving in a direction like this with chimera squad which is that like free xcom spinoff game they put out a few years ago Mm -hmm. yeah um they do some stuff in here where it's like they that you wouldn't expect from a marvel property in terms of like you when you talk to blade and magic who are like two very deeply like loner characters in marvel lore um it's you expect like okay you're gonna have your conversation with them and it's like he's gonna tell you i'm a daywalker and blah 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 because that's what every other character is like every most of these characters are very easygoing and it's like well you already know who i am i'm iron man it's actually a running joke that a bunch of characters don't know who iron man is like ghost rider has very funny no idea he was like yeah this fucker he's the fucker in the armor or whatever it's Uh like like who's robo man he he, he says robo man and then the the intro like like a lot of the major characters have these like um intro stingers where you see their name and like of a one-line bio of who they are like the yakuza zero like like, uh, the the fifth head of the shimano clan yeah Uh uh-huh iron man tony stark one of the most important members of the entire marvel canon they just put robo man and they never correct it <laughs> up on screen because that's what johnny really, plays calls him. really fucking funny um because i was expecting him to be like oh they're gonna mark it out or whatever but no they just like they leave it there it's this robo man yeah which i thought was very funny i don't know that sounds very tales of the borderlands yeah kind a little of, bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they, they on like Tony then like uh, does that same thing, and there's like kind of a, a ongoing thing about like how uh, Tony and Doctor Strange uh, have to share a room at the Abbey, and they're like the only people uh-huh. who do, and they yeah. hate hanging out with each other because like uh-huh. one is all science, and one is all magic, you know, uh-huh. sort of thing, and like everybody's like, you guys are gonna fucking love each other by the end of this. I know where this is going, <laughs> but as they're talking about like this stuff, um, when your character, who again, like John was saying, the hunter um is woken up your character was like fighting in medieval times fighting like ghosts and monsters and werewolves and vampires that was like their whole thing yeah and so you don't know have any context for the modern world but you're like a competent fighter and like know about magic and stuff and so like when they're doing the introductions to your character uh iron man like interjects and he's like ah this is this here is dr spooky and your character's like ah dr spooky it's good to meet you and he just repeatedly calls him dr spooky for the rest of the game Uh uh-huh it's really good does it come Um, off as like marvel movie humor or does it like better parts of it i think parts of it do and then parts of it don't i i don't think i've rolled my eyes as many times as i (laughs) i usually do when i 
watch Marvel stuff on, on Disney like Plus the, or whatever. The, the recent Marvel games, even Guardians of the Galaxy, I think I've heard some of right. those yeah, yeah. though. I, I didn't play that, yeah. but I, I have no attachment to, to the Marvel franchise, so it's kind of nice to hear that it, it sounds like the writing isn't I don't know. I won't go see those movies. So yeah, that, that, that's right. kind of where I'm going. It, it feels like the recent games yeah. are like we don't want to, to write this like a Marvel movie. Right. We, want, we want this to exactly. be like a. I don't want to necessarily say better, but like a different thing at least. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, there are large parts. So that's that's where I was actually originally going with this. Is like there are parts of this where you assume because Marvel is such a like ubiquitous cultural touchstone that the game is going to like present this information to you as if like you already like you already know what this stuff is or or something mm-hmm. like that like when you talk to blade or whatever like and magic again it, it, you just expect it to be like well we're going to give you all of your toys at all times but the like blade is like no like you, you try to ask about blade's past and he's like i don't know you leave me alone right. <laughs> and yeah. he's like if you want to if you want to learn more about me or if you want to like talk to magic and it, your character can be like oh can you introduce me to magic and he's like no uh, she likes to keep to herself, so fuck you. Uh, I don't know you. I've known you for 24 hours. Like, yeah. if you want to get to know people, ask them about themselves. Like, you're not yep. just... Ha- they don't hand everything to you on a silver platter about, like, who these yeah. characters are and what this world is. They are, like... They tried to go out of their way to, like, act like real people. And within the confines of, like, what you already know that those characters are, because, like, Blade obviously is, like, a, a pretty upfront guy who isn't going like kind of no nonsense a lot of the time and like has a sense of humor to him uh even in the movies and stuff like that but like is also at the end of the day a guy who is fucking chopping heads off of vampires uh-huh. which is not necessarily something that other marvel people are are cool with all the time and mm-hmm. that stuff comes through in a way that is like surprisingly good i think right. a lot of the time uh, Jordan asked a question which yeah, is like yeah. I, I feel like actually a good question like an important question to ask here like the avengers game do the characters look like porn parody versions of their the movie actors the 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 models are not um realistically rendered in a way that that makes this question okay not not relevant but it kind of it kind of it's they're too cartoony they're too cartoonish yeah yeah um stylistically some of them definitely like i mean but whatever like Robert Downey Jr. made his facial hair look like Tony Stark's like facial Tony hair from Stark. the comics, right, right, you know, right. like, yeah. so like, uh, he's going to have that facial hair. I will say, like, Captain Marvel especially stands out to me as, like, a character that's, like, they do, it, there is nothing about her that looks like Brie Larson at all. Like, they don't go right. for that one bit. They yeah. She looks a lot more like her her early comic book, not early, not, like, Miss Marvel era, but, like, early Captain Marvel taking the name Captain Marvel with, like, the, the bumped hairstyle and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, like, mm-hmm. way more like the comics. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say porn parody. It's a good question, but mm. uh, no. Nah. Like even personality-wise, I think like a bunch of the characters are just not like them. They're Mar- like again, Doctor Strange is one example, but again, Captain Marvel is another example of a like a, she's just not. Brie Larson is like such a dry actor in that movie. Like her pr- whole presentation is that she's like a military person and mm-hmm. is like she has like some, sometimes a dry wit, but is not like a goofy person. Well, Captain Marvel like- is goofy. Yeah, she's amnesiac for most of that movie, which is like a weird mistake they should not have made. Right. Yeah. Which I hope they're going to fix for the next one, where like if she is the same personality type as she was in the previous one, she's going to get drastically outplayed by a 13 year old girl. Totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also just like a lot of the characters in this game too, to on to continue with like the the uh porn parody thing, like a lot of these characters are just not characters from the Marvel movies. Like yeah. it's it's uh Robbie Reyes, who is the 
I don't know if he's the current Ghost Rider because they they waffle back and forth on this stuff so often. He's the most had him recent in the Agents of Shield second. Oh season. right, he's in. Yeah, that's right. He does show up in Agents of Shield a little bit. Um, but he doesn't look like his actor from that or anything like that, okay, which is like, right. he's the ghost rider who rides a fucking car, like a low rider, uh, guy who's from LA, I think. Um, and Nico Minoru, who's a runaway. There's magic who I don't think is a, maybe she shows up in some of those fucking X-Men movies that I never watched. Um, but she's I like remember, a member, but I, I, I never saw so. dark Phoenix either. So, right. Um, magic is like a, uh, x-man who is uh like deeply tied to hell which is limbo like in hell. limbo yeah. yeah which is basically just hell in the marvel universe yeah she has a sword that can open a portal to limbo which is yes cool. mm. so that's how you kind of like it's you know to bring it back to god of war they basically have the fast travel thing from god of war of like you yeah, walk into do. an alternate realm uh-huh. and you walk on a little except it's way faster than the one it's in god of war so fast yeah yeah, uh, where like the, the the story reason for why you're able to tr- like travel from like New York to like Africa in five seconds is that like uh, magic opens up a portal to limbo and then you take a shortcut through limbo and mm-hmm. and out there, which is like a also a comics thing. I'm glad this one turned out. It's it, like yeah, the fun. Marvel games have largely been like, I think Guardians is very good, even though like it was not necessarily a complete home run. I think yeah. Spider Man was very good, but largely they seem to not. They they're not. I think high water marks the generation. No, like no. you would think they might be, but it's good. This one seems to be like well liked in general. And, yeah. and also, it's just generally as a fan of XCOM and Firaxis, I'm just like interest. It's interesting to me to see them doing something that is not Civilization or XCOM. Yeah, it is them yeah. like doing a completely different thing that is way more like they, they went so hard in the direction of um, character stuff and, and storytelling. And I think that's actually one of the great strengths of the what like what made the Guardians of the Galaxy game good is like the combat in that game is nothing to write home about. But like the, the story was like shockingly good and interesting because it was like yeah. them trying to do right by those characters in a way that isn't just the like well that just happened type uh-huh. marvel yeah. writing and humor and stuff like that it's like what if we took these characters and asked ourselves like what actually makes them interesting and then put mm-hmm. them in interesting situations that have nothing to do with the movies that get to let us play with like uh their emotions and their like motivations and stuff like that yeah it's, it sounds real good. I think I'll probably act this podcast like I was waiting on a code. At this point, I feel like they're just not going to send me one. So I'm just going to like buy it on Xbox and like yeah, play it out. They, they made a they said a thing. Uh, I think it was a director in like a Waypoint interview or something. Like yeah. if that if they were not doing this game, they would have been on XCOM four or finished XCOM four by now. Finished XCOM four, yeah. Which is a like, wild uh, thing to say if wild. you like if yeah. you were afraid at all about this game's response. But it seems like most people are just like, yeah, no, I this is this is worth the try yeah totally yeah and i, I like i can it's also a, a thing where i'm like similar to how i felt about chimera squad uh which i which is probably what because they in that same interview they talk about like the reason they made this game is because disney came to them and was like hey do you want to make a like a turn-based tactics marvel game uh not the other way around they didn't pitch this to to disney um was like oh this is all stuff that they can like carry forward into a new XCOM. Like the, this idea of like character personality and like, you know, presentation and stuff like that. I don't think it's a complete home run on the presentation side. Cause I think, I just right. really think they need better tech 
in terms of like graphical <laughs> design yeah. and and cutscenes. Um, but like in terms of them honing their skills as just like we're going to write characters with personality. Obviously, XCOM and XCOM 2 have characters, and those characters have personality and backstory, but there's so much in the background compared to what this is, which is like you're literally walking around a big Normandy-style space with your buddies and doing loyalty missions and stuff for them in like a Mass Effect. Like the way I described this game to Kenneth Shepard was, was I called it Mass Effect Tactics, which is probably actually the closest thing, to, you know, if you put a marvel sheen over that that's probably actually the closest thing that this is yeah that's a good sell on it and it makes yeah. it like way yeah. less intimidating uh yeah mm -hmm. so i we're we're appro rapidly approaching two hours yeah. uh i would like to at least get to the next game so we can talk about it sure uh john i we got closer protocol code i handed yeah. it off to you yep i'm curious because it, it does not seem like this game is a resounding critical success no, but I'm going to do the um, I'm going to do the thing that I've kind of promised myself I would do and say some nice stuff um, <laughs> before I say the bad stuff. So so Callisto Protocol, in case you don't know, is uh, a game created by X Dead Space uh, devs. Um, and it is a you know, tell me if you've heard this before, uh, a third person behind the shoulder survival horror space uh space game and um and it's you know it's there's a lot of dead space in here in fact i've read a, i've read some reviews that are just like if you're expecting dead space like this isn't it i don't know it's this is basically dead space i don't really know there's what way more melee in this than there's there yeah what, yeah so I was there's, there's no real focus on like the cutting of parts no there's not there's not so they, they replaced that with this melee combat system which i'm gonna say some nice stuff about first and then we can talk about the stuff i don't like about this game <laughs> i think when it works the kind of like what the, the the way these devs wanted to it feels like what they wanted to do is say like what if you had this really visceral bar brawl with these creatures visceral, like, nice it's like <laughs> thank you um <laughs> like you you're not gonna have this coordinated really fancy um you know john wick like fight with creatures that are made out of rotting flesh that are trying to tear you apart you're in this kind of clawing uh you know desperate combat situation and the way they try to do that is with just basically this melee combat now, you do get guns you get you do get some abilities like telekinesis uh, later in the game um but you know they really emphasize the, the survival horror aspect of this and really want you to take care of most enemies with your melee attacks and when it works it actually looks pretty cool and it feels kind of you know how you know how in the old uh, last of us trailers they would do those really elaborate like um player sequences that were like super coordinated I, I bet it took them like eight takes to do them where it, like they're getting the camera just right and they're you know making all this this hand-to-hand -hand combat stuff really visceral and of course when i played those moments the real game didn't look like that at all um like when it works it kind of looks like that you know this kind of like really um you know sick and violent you know visceral experience which like i think makes a lot of sense for what this game is trying to do and also just like 
when when if you're playing in like graphics mode and not performance mode yeah and you're mm -hmm. playing on a playstation 5 because the uh -huh. other two versions are broken are or broken. were broken yeah. i don't know if they've mm -hmm. been fixed yet but yeah. thanks to a clerical uh, error according to Ken Schofield. right uh, yeah because someone was rushing and who could have rushing is what he said who's who we're trying to find the guy responsible for this why, why would anybody be rushing who could yeah. say um the rate the there's some like i think digital foundry like had a whole thing they always do but like they went into some detail about like they're doing some really interesting stuff with ray tracing here where it's like yes so often ray tracing is just like used to like what if we made the god rays look cooler uh -huh. right. whereas in this they're using them in much more subtle ways where yep. it's just like the character the shadows on a character's face are yep. all ray traced yeah. and it i think this game incredible. this game looks, looks really good Yes, yeah. this game looks really good. So that's the other thing I'll say is that in terms of environmental art and and most of the character art too, um, this game looks very very good. When I watched the uh, IGN video of the first twenty minutes of Dead Space that went up a few days ago, um, and that game looks good. But in terms of it being a far cry from what it looked like when it first came out, I don't know if it's like a massive, massive, massive leap. Callisto Protocol looks really really fucking good. Like it, yeah. it is a this game, I think, is going to look better than the Dead Space remake. So if they want to take a victory lap about that, then they should, because it it it's great. This game is buggy as fuck. <laughs> like, I I was having a lot of problems with this game. Friend of the site, uh, friend of the site, friend of the show, uh, Eric Van Allen, could not even get this game really working on PS5. It crashed a bunch. I didn't have that issue, but I did have an issue where a lot of audio cues did not work for me at all. Um, so someone was talking to me over a radio. I couldn't hear any of it. Um, there was, uh, audio logs that were playing. I couldn't hear any of it. I could just read the subtitles. So there are a lot of like weird audio bugs in this game. Um, there are some gameplay glitches too that, you know, made some of the combat sequences kind of weird. Um, but, um, but yeah, like this game is really glitchy. It was super rushed. They tried to get it out before dead space remake. They did it. They probably shouldn't have. This probably needed a few more weeks of QA and fixing. Um, presumably they'll get to that shit, um, at another time, uh, and, and release a patch later, uh, as so many games are doing these days. Um, the way the melee combat works, however, and a lot of people were talking about how it's like punch out. And when I read that, I was like, there's no way it's like that. It's exactly like that. It's punch <laughs> out. Um, yeah. Where yeah, you dodge left, you dodge right, then you hit left, you dodge right. I, right. I thought but, I was wrong in that, like that comparison. Because I, I think I made that comparison on this podcast. Is it's right. basically just punch out, and everyone's like, no, no, it's punch like, out. Yeah. Uh, no other preview mentioned punch out. I thought right. like maybe I just have a very small no, like. It was it was punch out. Yeah, and, and and honestly, it was tutorialized in the funniest way because it says in the tutorial there is no timing window. That's such a weird thing, and I'm like, wait a second, like that's not true at all like that's not how dodging that's not works. how dodging works like what are you like why would you even say that it's not remotely true um but I, I guess what they mean is that there's like like the second they start their swing you have no penalty like you won't snap back and get hit by it which i guess is true but uh, i don't understand the tutorials for this game are really confusing um so the onboarding of the game overall is is not super good that the story is really weird. You're a space trucker. Um, you, it's so funny. There are these like inter, you have these intergalactic terrorists that are attacking these different ships, and you're Josh Duhamel. You play Jacob. You're in the cockpit of the space trucker. Your partner Max is like 
hey dude i'm not sure we should be on this mission that we're about we're literally about to land um like 10 seconds later we're supposed to land he's like i don't know about this mission man they're like space terrorists everywhere uh and then there's like a a, a, a shaky uh explosion on the ship and you're like i gotta go check it out well you've in the in the five seconds after max said that you've been boarded by the same terrorists that like this guy is worried about it's very and then, funny and then you crash land and your partner dies. He gets his face basically mangled and he he like kind of talks to you in his dying breath. And your character Jacob is basically haunted by Max for a big chunk of the, the at least the beginning few hours of just like he feels guilty for Max being dead because he didn't listen to him to be afraid of like the the space pirates that attacked them, even though it was only like 10 seconds between when he was like, no, we're going to go on this mission anyway. Don't worry about it. And then when he died, it's just so strange. Um, and then something else that was really weird that I point out on Twitter, it's really going to be difficult to like uh, understand this without the visual, but the opening credits, they, they go through a lot of the devs first, which I think is very cool because credits and games are fucked. And like, I think it's great that they did that. But the establishing shot is of Josh Jumel's character whose face has been rendered lovingly for this character model. It's like a, so weird seeing how much it looks like Josh to yeah, it's, it's just, just Josh to yeah. Um, And so he's sitting there talking to a character and then the credits start mid sentence and it just says Glenn a Schofield. That's the only name up on this. No title, nothing, just Glenn a Schofield. And I'm like, Listen, Josh Duhamel is an actor. I think a lot of people know who Josh Duhamel is, but not everybody knows who Josh Duhamel is. And so it just looks like Josh Duhamel's character is played by Glenn Schofield, which I think is very strange. <laughs> um, and then and then Josh Duhamel is introduced in the credits like literally 40 seconds later. Um, it's it's odd. This team is odd. Glenn Schofield is is an odd person. Uh, he said that like all this stuff was because someone was rushing all these bugs and some of the stuff, you know, especially with the graphical frame rate stuff on PC. Glenn, my guy, you're the fucking reason it was rushed. He, well, you, he had the whole you, thing. You tweeted about this. He right? seems like he he like. So when I talked, to him, I interviewed him. I think for a demo for this game, like a couple of months yeah. ago, and it, he's like, "This that was on me. We're not gonna like crunch ever again or anything like that." Sure. But he also seems like a dude who gets very defensive about get, yes. like the things he makes, yep. which is weird because like, no offense to him, this is absolutely not meant to offend like him or game designers or directors in general. I had not heard of him before Callisto Protocol. Like right. I I. I know he was like director of Dead Space, director uh -huh. of like right. the studio, all this stuff. But like, it really does feel like he came out of like he, thin air and said, made, I'm Kojima now. Yeah, he's made a lot of like face of the studio appearances and been uh, honestly, I think, very strange in most of them. Like I've I'm perplexed by kind of the attitude coming out of the studio. Um and it's very it's very much though like dead space all the way down to and i and i thought it was actually refreshing at first that this game was kind of about like a disease that turns these guys into monsters and you know it's like okay cool um like I, I, cool it's probably just some like conspiracy about a disease and not like you know a religious cult nope there's a religious cult in this game just like dead space so it's it's like it's so much like dead space i'm like what is the, what's the plan here like, it's, which is especially weird because it was like 
this is a crafted game, one of the publishers of PUBG. Right. And like this was at one point in the PUBG universe. Like that was how they right. pitched it. Right. He's Showfield says it was taken out very early. So I right. wonder, was it taken out very early because he wanted things to be uh like more like Dead Space or more like what he had in mind. Right. And they were like, this doesn't make sense with Dead Space or mm-hmm. with uh PUBG rather. Right. And Jordan asked a really good question. Um, like, was this a and I think the reason you're asking this question is because it kind of just seems like it uh, asking if it's a, if it was a Kickstarter and it was not, I believe. I think this was just like after Visceral got disintegrated or whatever, like Glenn and some people went over to make the studio. And yeah, it does. It does smack of like, oh, there's no Dead Space follow up. Dead Space is dead. Well, no, that's um, the weird thing because you know, like is coming back and I'm like, well, uh, like that's not what this was like. The, this was- so the, there was visceral got disintegrated. Then they went to work for Activision on Call of Duty right. for like mm-hmm. six years. So yeah. there was a there's a long period where they're like, clearly they wanted to make a Dead Space like in that time. Right. But Activision was like, no, to the Call of Duty minds with you. Right. So like, I think this has just been percolating under their for a like long time for a long time. And now was yeah. their chance to finally do it. Yep. And it's weird that right. it, like, upon doing it, it's just dead space again. Timing is just right there. It's, it is. It's, and I feel bad in a way because, like, like you know, there, there are probably a lot of really talented people on that team. And um, my guess is that dead space will probably eat their lunch in terms of of sales just but just based on marketing machine kind of stuff I mean, this game alone. was very heavily marketed but this game what i was about to say this game was very heavily marketed the budget on this was high they're making a lot of really intricate videos making a lot of um uh, there were tv spots there were tv appearances you know show show appearances they really rolled out the red carpet for this and like it it's it's an okay game. It's very linear. It doesn't have kind of the exploratory intrigue of Dead Space. I don't I didn't think it was as interesting of a world as Dead Space. It didn't even have as interesting of a aesthetic, even though it looks very, very technically technically it looks very good. But on most of the design I don't think is as strong. I think that's the bummer, though, that so I don't like Dead Space originally. I, I right. like the first one. I played it. Uh, and the, aside from the the opening scene, I don't think there's a lot of tension in that game. Or maybe what is the the like zero gravity thing, too? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty damn scary. Uh, but yes. I still feel like real omnipotent and all that good stuff and not so much as though I'm surviving, even though I'm someone that's pretty scared. And I think what I was hoping for the like punch out style mechanic was that it maybe added that tension, that dead space. It does. It does. It's harder. This is definitely harder Uh, than dead space. Oh yeah. This game is like actually really punishing. Yeah. So so Andrea, it does kind of do that. Like, I I don't think, I don't think this game is an abject failure. I Um, I really don't. I, I think it's like, I think it's kind of one of those seven out of 10 experiences of like, I get what they were trying to do. And I think in some cases they were successful. Mm-hmm. There's like some really good atmosphere. Like there are these, um, the, the big gooey monsters are kind of whatever. It's like, I've seen, they're, I've been they're really boring. They're right. really, they're, those designs are really boring. They're not That's scary like, and they all look the same and they keep yeah. popping up in the same ways. It seems yes. kind of like, best yeah. what didn't scare me about dead space is, you know, what's coming, you know what it yeah. looks like. And it's, gonna come back in a few minutes but but some of the like other stuff around those Mm -hmm. monsters is actually like really i think very good and interesting like there's a part where 
you're crawling through a, uh, you're doing the thing that I've, I've seen developers saying it's not, we're, we're not hiding loading times. That's not what's going on when you squeeze uh, yeah, through a crack in a thing. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, then what are it? What is it then? What, Why does every video game do that? You just really um, want me to crawl through this thing. All right, that's fine. And there's like a guy webbed up to a wall who is like melting into the wall and yeah, stuff. And that's then you cool. see his eye is moving. It's like, oh shit, he's alive. And he's yeah, like, that was, that was in stuck. the trailers, I think from this game, which yeah. is like a, a really effective yeah. moment. Yeah. You know, what's very funny to me about this game is, okay. I understand like use the, the blood graffiti to tell uh-huh. like oh, environmental yeah. storytelling. Cut about off how their limbs. Are, yeah. Uh-huh. That's so intricate in this game that they must have like had a paintbrush and spent I know. time it's so, like, it's doing so it. funny. It's like the first one that it's you really see is like art. shoot them in the tentacles. It's yeah, like that's uh, that's seventy five characters, my guy. It You're going over the SEO so, on this one. Which I also, like, if you knew this, out. the blood's not running out. It's not smudged. It's perfectly <laughs> painted. Yeah, it's weird when they get like the blood graffiti gives you tips because it's like if you knew this, why are you dead? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very good tip yeah. then, was it? Huh? Yeah, it's it, it's like it's like it's implied that it was written by the guy sitting in the chair dead in front of it that you have to cut this like ID tag off of his neck or whatever. Right. Um. And also, Josh Jumel goes, "Come here, you." When he when he does, it's so fucking weird. It's so strange. It's like, he like pulls this dead guy down. He goes, "Come here, you," and he cuts off this thing. I was like, that's an odd choice. Um, the, but yeah, I, the, it's like it's just painted perfectly behind this dead guy. It's very funny. The the other atmospheric thing that I do want to say I think really works is that there are other enemies in this game that are not the the big monsters. monsters. Yeah. There's like because this is like a prison and you're trying to figure yeah. out like why the fuck was i brought to prison after i crashed like what the fuck yeah. is going on here mm-hmm. and uh there are these robots that are like malfunctioning security droids that the, like the prison was using before all of the like biological guards got killed yep. and so they've all like gone haywire the voice of the like terminator robots that will literally kill you in one hit it's um, pretty cool yeah. They the voice that they like whatever processing they've done on these things it's very they cool. sound awesome like they yeah. sound like incredibly haunting yeah. like the way it's it's impossible to even like replicate like but the, the you know, it's this really deep like I'm finding you yeah. like that I don't know what <laughs> it's, good. That says. No, it's, it's good like that, that that's true there's a lot of little stuff like you know Josh Duhamel goes into um this room at one point in the game where like there are just a ton of bodies piled up and he starts to just like retch and like cover his mouth as you walk through it and it's just it's a little stuff that i'm like okay like this this team it, it there there are moments in this game that both feel like oh this is this team's first like big foray into a big engine game which is mostly not true but it like kind of feels a little rough around the edges in some ways, but there are also moments that are just like, okay, like you've got kind of this like command of um, kind of survival horror uh, bells and whistles that like, I really, I really like. And like, there are moments that feel kind of desperate, but there are moments that feel cheap and like trying to take on a bunch of guys at once with this melee combat fucking sucks most of Mm -hmm. the time. Um, And not, not, not necessarily in a way that makes me feel like you know immersed but more frustrated like it right. it feels like unnecessary friction versus uh like narrative friction if that makes yeah. sense it's it uh, honestly reminds me of like some of the, the the lack of tightness in god of war 2018 that from yeah. replaying that recently where you were in like a fight it was like oh when i'm one-on-one with a guy here 
and I am I'm parrying and I am getting good. my swings in. Yeah. It's great. And then also we're going to put you in an arena where there are three of these guys and you're going to get mm. hit from off screen and there's no possible mm. way you could have reacted right. in time right. or done what you needed to. It's a puzzle box or a combat puzzle box, but doesn't do a good job of like reinforcing that theme wise with, with the rest of the game because like it is a thing of oh i did there's no possible way i could have known this monster came from this side but even when you know this monster came to the side and you come back at the next time sometimes they're just like assholes and sometimes they get a the the drop on you or they like yeah they're too hard to kill because they came up right, right on side of you and yep. you didn't dodge right it's right. like you you can either make this a puzzle box or you can make it a combat game that's very difficult doing both is just really frustrating yeah, like I, I thought even for a moment at the very beginning of the game, this game was going to be like Infinity Blade. Mm. Do you remember that game on on an iPhone? Shit out of Infinity Blade. It was Blade. Like Punch Out with so, Swords. Yeah, it was basically Punch Out with Swords, and it was like pretty compelling, honestly. And I was like, oh, are we are? Is this just basically like you get into encounters and then like you basically just have to kind of like QTE the encounter. I'm like, I don't know if I love this, but what a choice, but no, it's, it's just, it's somewhere kind of in the middle where you're getting these kind of one-on-ones to do these dodges and hits, but also you're still getting fucked by other, by other stuff off screen. It doesn't, it, it's, it's really, the ideas here are interesting. I feel like if they get another go at it, it'll be better. Totally. Um, this this feels like a great like proof a of concept. Good first draft of something. Yeah. So I was I mean, not as negative on this game as some people were, yeah. but I do but I do think like it was hugely rushed. It was uh messy to get out the door and they were trying to beat Dead Space with all their heart and I do think Glenn Schofield's like kind of a weird guy. Like, I do think the vibe and I think him saying that, like, oh, someone was rushing like that's I mean, that's it's that's an embarrassing thing for the head of the studio to say. I think, I think he also what said that it was about to be fixed, too, which is I don't know. It's just a very strange way to frame. Like, it's, a, it's your, an your, yeah. nobody needed to be thrown on the bus for that. Right. Nobody that's needed to thing. be thrown on the Right. Like, this is. Studio heads, people who are in positions of power at video game companies. Mm-hmm need right. to have their access to Twitter revoked. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. Like, so, like, it's been untenable. Yeah. As, as somebody whose job this is to, like, take the stu- like, stuff studio people say and, like, present it for a mass audience, they should have been like, Glenn, Glenn. You, after the last thing, we I can't have you just tweeting yeah. unapproved anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let, like, let us do wild. this. Let it filter through us first. If there's something you desperately think you need to say, we can mm-hmm. talk about it. Right. Like, uh, right. That that should have been like a Slack conversation long before it hit the hit the tweets. Well, and, and today is literally the same day that the fucking like Days Gone guy is coming out here saying like the you know, oh, Days the Gone to, like the yeah woke failed because the woke mob gave it bad reviews and also they didn't play the game enough. Um, and also blah, blah, blah. And like then, then you've got like the Randy Pitchfords of the world like going off like this shit. It's like there there's just this weird class of person that like how do these how are they allowed to do this without like somebody in a position above them being like, Hey, what the fuck? Stop tanking our game. Because, because they weren't at the previous two studios. And this time they're like, no, I'm the boss. This right, time uh, I, I make yeah. these decisions we're, we're this hierarchy is that I am in charge and I make these decisions for better right. or worse. And then yeah. I, I bet after this, this is the time that like, look, this has happened twice now. No more. Yeah. Anything about the game comes through us. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, it just feels inappropriate because this is how you unleash a mob on, right. on someone. They're I gonna, know. someone's gonna hone in on one person and blame that person, and which is always it's always funny, not funny, funny in a dark way. <laughs> yeah. when it happens because it's like usually not the right person, right? Oh, it's usually yeah. just like, oh, this woman who works here is probably the cause of this, right? Uh-huh. Right. It's nuts. I, I, it sucks ass. This is like also coming right after the fucking Mick Gordon stuff where Bethesda was like, where Mick Gordon put out that statement saying like, hey, this is what happened. And then Bethesda was like, "Uh, no. And also Uh, he's mean for coming after us for starting this shit like years after the Bethesda Mm -hmm. people came at him and uh, threw him under the bus on a Reddit post and stuff like that and saying like Mick Gordon started shit. It's like, motherfuckers you did this really bizarre but also if mick gordon didn't come back with receipts years later like i always assumed that like he was uh, like a shitty guy that was you know totally i know it's like an arrogant asshole but like he came out with like hey nobody wants to work with me because they all think i'm a fucking asshole because of your shit that you said yep wow the the video game industry is is nuts like i'm bad I'm very curious to see if, if like how things look going into like 2023 because like there are so many fucking games coming out in like the There's next so many. four months. Mm-hmm. They just um, Star Wars is March. That's Star Wars is March. That's I, nuts. Yeah, um, I know. Like I, to an extent, I'm glad we're not doing the same. We're not running a video game website anymore because yeah. I feel like we we would just we would be as bad as it was as we were trying to pull like bail the water out on fanbite in the last yeah. like summer right. i think it would have been 10 times as stressful and from a more relaxed theoretically position hypothetically well, yeah. position in the january february march as we were trying to like do a good video game website while also trying to do numbers well right. we, yeah because we, we were treading invisible fake water that didn't actually exist as yes. it, as it <laughs> yeah. turned out under the assumption like, that somebody would have given belly. us like an actual fair shot like, right. Where, right whereas like it, come march it would have been the actual probably worst thing which is all of us forcing ourselves to do that because we want to do a good job which is like usually when we put ourselves under the actual pressure uh back in the day was like us just like trying to hit everything yeah and Uh, like near you and i had conversations of like if we just make it to january then we're good because then games are just going to start coming out and those will hit numbers there's no way that people aren't going to look for like starfield and zelda Uh uh-huh right and yeah 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 well Uh, this is not a grievance like throne or whatever but like this podcast is but fuck it man I, don't whole, know. I mean, I is crashing in so, very interesting and exciting ways. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I'm curious. That, that's part of why I'm curious specifically about 2020, because like so many of those games feel like the games that were allowed a little bit more breathing room, and we're currently in that period where it's like games probably just sh- like there's very few games coming out right now because games probably shouldn't be coming out right now because most of these games started under COVID and have continued under crunch and have gotten pushed out because they crunched to get them out in time. Uh, things like Saints Row, things like Callisto Protocol, and things like Pokemon and stuff like that. And I'm hoping that like come 2023, and probably not because it's just not the video game industry is just bad all the time. But like as these stories te- like tend to become a more and more of a big thing and a thing that people are like intentionally pushing on, um, I'm hoping that like yeah, like what the people who were like allowed time to make a game right and treat their workers right, which is more important are now able to be in the spotlight and able to put out games that are a little bit like, you know, more put together and also are able to talk about those games like normal people and not like weird uh, used car salesmen. Right? Yeah, I 
I, so I was watching my partner play Fallen Order last night because she's like doing an interview with like somebody for uh, Giant Survivor, and that I remembered watching her play that game. As good as that game was, which it was, I think very good. Yeah, it was extremely rushed. It was like, like they oh, made yeah. it in like eight months or some yeah, shit. That, like, was, yeah. that was an unfinished game, and like that was 2019. Like, how is COVID going to help? Like the next game, I is know. it actually going to be a situation where like not having to rush, like having the years to actually spend time oh, working? Yeah. On it? Like, is it going to be a situation where it doesn't feel as squirrely that it doesn't like you're not going to fall through the floor or anything like that in this time? Is that because like Ragnarok, a game that is very clearly not rushed, but there's decisions made that I don't necessarily agree with right, for right. the game. But like, there's also Pokemon, which is the complete opposite, which is a game that was so rushed that it is a, like a barely held together mess and like i think we're gonna start getting games that are on like extreme ends of that now that are like very very polished but mm, something about this just doesn't fit or games are like oh this is really good if not for all these problems right and i think that's the first month of fan i wrote that story about like the day two problem of covid I wonder what the year three problem of covid or the year three like issues of covid will be like is it Oh, we're out of the pandemic. Everything's fixed, or we're starting to see the problems that the cracks that became fissures that became chasms right. uh, for, that started during the pandemic. Question: we will, We'll find out, and I hope we're I hope we're all fucking uh, still enjoying making podcasts and stuff like that by then to talk about it. <laughs> I, I can't not do this. This is this is my sickness. I know. This, I I, know. I love talking. Well, I do, I just also all of you and seeing you in slack all day and stuff like that too much not to do this sort of thing yeah that said we have been running for like two hours or nearly two and a half hours and i think we should probably we we've given people the podcast for what makeup for not we did want to maybe talk about some news at some point but i think we're at this point we're all very tired and we have game this comes this was recorded before game awards it'll be posted after right. game awards so i think a lot of news is going to be outdated anyway we will be talking about game awards what happened next episode uh but for now i think we we call it uh near where can people find you online you can find me online at near amstrom n-e-r-i-u-m-s-t-r-o-m uh you can still find me on fanbyte.com i'm still writing some stuff there every, every yeah, so are. off uh because like Hey, they haven't stopped signing paychecks, so I'm just going to keep doing shit. Yeah. Yeah. They've not stopped a lot of things that are very funny. I'm not going to say... <laughs> that we're not going to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. They've not yeah. stopped a lot of things. Uh, John, where can people find you online? Uh, it's so good that we didn't record two weeks ago, because I would have been like, you can find me over at uh, at uh, Hive. Hive's the best. Don't ever... You can, you don't ever look for me on Twitter, Hive, but I've deleted my Hive account. So mm. I'm just a floppy adult over on uh, Twitter. You can also find uh, my podcast at ifyourdriving.com. Uh, we have a Patreon for that, and it's, uh, it's a good show. If you like to laugh, it's, uh, it's a good show. Yeah, your sister Patreon. I should start declaring sister Patreons. Ooh, like, if you're driving, idea. close your eyes, sister Patreon. Yeah. Axe of the Blood God, probably a sister, sister Patreon. Yeah. I should start a Patreon just so I can be a sister Patreon. Yeah. I love that. Like a, it's like a night sister. I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly like a night sister. Yeah. It's so exactly. I, I we hunt down Jedi in a different way than the Jedi. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's really fun. Again, watching play, like my partner play that game. It's really funny that game did the idea of gray Jedi's way fucking better than the actual movies did. Uh, right. Oh yeah. Yep. 
Anyway, well, Andrea, also, the, also saw the Night Sisters are from Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the TV series. So like yes. they already had some established fiction to work with, and they were very good characters. And the asterisk note. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea, where can people find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter uh, at Majora M A A J O R A, and I am freelancing out and about now. So you may see me on IGN, PC Gamer, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just saw your debut at PC Gamer. Yeah, hey. yeah, hell yeah! Uh, go read my uh, weirdly horny to be mod thing that I wrote. All right, and literally, oh, yes. Literally, people have thanked me personally for suggesting you for IGN news. Oh, yeah, I was like, don't thank me. She lost her job. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Andrea has always been good at this. Yeah, <laughs> y'all are too sweet. Uh, I I bailed. That was uh, my thing. I was like, what the fuck? Y'all can't just like take all or most of my people and you know. But Listen, yeah, Andrea, if you want to just make some money, I'll still pay. Yeah, you. that's what I keep thinking. Like, maybe I'll just like write under another name and be like, hey, but you know, no. Get, uh, get the paper wherever you can as long as exactly. money. Yeah. That's, 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 our, that's my fucking philosophy right now is I'll no. fucking take 10 cent money until they stop signing. Yeah. It. There was a point it. where I was like, I, I, somebody asked me if I could freelance some reviews. I was like, oh, maybe I should. Oh, wait, no, I work in PR at no. this point. Uh, yeah. Freelancing mm -hmm. reviews is ethically dubious. Yeah. My Patreon different thing. For like a a large outlet, no, I probably should not do that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, this has uh, been material possessions. I, I this has been a fun ass episode actually. I really enjoyed. Yeah, good as good. shit. I learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, again, hopefully this is on RSS feeds. If not, then I fucked up. <laughs> We're gonna try again for next time. <laughs> and you uh, and now you know who to blame, and it's Imran. Yep. Yep. If if I fucked up this time, then I'm just taking it out of my hands next time. Yep. And, and then it'll be, be then it'll be my fault. It'll be John's <laughs> fault. John's got it. All right, uh, Material Possessions episode four. Guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you all next time. Oh, wait, sorry. No, hold on, hold on. Our producer, Jordan, our wonderful producer, Jordan. Yeah! From, from who I need to solicit an address from after this, because, like, fun, okay, so, story time. Jordan asked me while I was in Japan to get him a Neo Geo Pocket Color, if I could find one for, like, under, like, a certain price threshold. So I, like, went to Akihabara. I started looking around. I was sending Jordan pictures. Jordan was weirdly awake at the time I was sending him pictures, which is odd. Because <laughs> it was, like, 3 a.m. Yeah, Jordan. Oh, that's not weird for Jordo. Oh, so, like, I was asking people at work, like, hey, do you know where I can find a Neo Geo Pocket Color for, like, a decent price? And they're like, eh, we don't know. I was like, it's for a friend, so hopefully you can find something. Then, like, the day I was supposed to leave, like, my last day of work, they, like, during a meeting, they, like, presented me with a Neo Geo Pocket Color. It's like, for your friend. So, courtesy of my my employer, we I, we have gotten Jordan a new job on color. You can find hey. our wonderful, amazing producer Jordan Mallory, who has been with us through Ninety Nine Potions to this. Thank God he has agreed to work at this uh, on this podcast for a pittance. Because if I had to produce this thing, it would just not get done. <laughs> uh, Jordan Mallory, you can find even, him online. It wouldn't, get, it wouldn't even be a problem that it's not on RSS feeds. It's just yes. It, just, it would be like, oh, I have the, everything done by Friday of the next following week, maybe. Uh, but you can find Jordan on Twitter at Jordan underscore Mallory. You, you should follow him for cool things a producer does, too, because he does a lot of cool things that you might want him for. But mm. yeah, this has been episode four of Material Possessions. We'll see you all next time. Yeah.